0: Yeah.
1: Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef.
2: It is one fucking season time tonight. The hell is that? We'll get to it in a second. I am Evan Husney, Uh, of course, joined uh, by to my left, we got Big T, Tom Fitzgerald. What's going on, T? Welcome to the new show.
1: Hey, one fucking season. I think it's going to get kind of spicy up in here. <laughs> <called seasoning>, <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, oh, is that boy. what kind of season is? That's, yeah. oh, season. that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> it's the, the time. time of the season, right?
3: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> cooking with one seasoning.
2: <laughs> that's what it is. That's what the show is tonight. Uh, and joining us for that is uh, all the way on the far right, we got Mr. Marcus <laughs> Herring. What's going Can on? Can we not say that I'm I'm on the far right? <laughs> <laughs> Far right podcast. We're just being honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> far, <laughs> far, far right parents. of the screen, to right. clarify. For camera anybody, uh. Camera. far right. Um, okay. <laughs> so to my camera alt right, I have over here, we got Miss Remy Bennett. Welcome back to the show. Hey, this is the Mulholland Drive crew, everybody, from just a few weeks back. So we're getting that. We're hell getting yeah. back together. But welcome, Ramy. Welcome back. To good the to show. be back.
4: Thank you. I'm excited about this.
2: Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Let's tell the people what the hell we are doing, okay? So if you weren't watching last week's episode at the very end, We teased that we're going to try something a little different for this week. So we're going to put the one fucking hour, you know, one movie, one fucking hour gimmick aside just for just for this week, because we really wanted to talk about a particular TV series. And we've been trying to figure out how the hell can we cover television on our show, because... Doing it one episode at a time, one hour for each episode sounds like a it nightmare. Sounds
1: absolutely dreadful. <laughs>
2: <you know? laughs> like yeah.
1: episode thirteen, season penny dreadful. Five. <laughs> yeah, <It's, Right>. no. <laughs> yeah, right. No it
0: sounds,
2: way. <clears throat> sounds terrible. So, um, you know, we wanted to create like something we could do every once in a while, once in a blue moon. When we felt like we wanted to have we had the TV itch. We could just cover one fucking season of a show. Okay, that's what we're going to do. So if we feel like, hey, this week, I want to talk about Sopranos season three, then now we can fucking do it. Or if or we want to talk Sex about... Sex and the City season four. <laughs> oh, could happen. which will happen, I'm sure. Sometime, at some point. Yep. <laughs> um, but really, this is an excuse for us to talk about a new show that has just finished, wrapped up, airing very recently. Uh, and of course, one of the main creators behind this show is someone we love very much, Nathan Fielder. Shout out, we've covered um, one of his, uh, the actual series finale of Nathan For You in the archives. Check that out, Finding Francis. And so we were all about the curse. That's what we're talking about tonight. So we wanted to figure out a way we could just fucking talk about the curse and uh, get it out of our systems. I've now watched it twice. And of course, this Likewise. is... this yes. is uh, Nathan Fielder's new show with <laughs> Benny Safdie, starring Emma Stone, and it's fucking been warping my brain and disturbing me for weeks on end. With Tom, it, and said. just to
1: be clear, so uh, for all you fans, I'll. All- dozen of you um <laughs> one fucking hour will resume in its normal format yes next week and the weeks after and then once in a while yeah this will pop up with a specific show and a specific season um but the format otherwise is not changing um yes. beyond this occasional
2: you know little uh yeah cherry tomato popping up <laughs> oh, <God. Whoops>. <laughs> <laughs> Ch- cherry tomato gang here um first, <sighs> there you go you were first on that one so um <laughs> but this <laughs> this, this is going to be exciting because there's also another thing we're going to do. We're going to let the hour time limit clock take a little chill ski and we're going to blow <laughs> that out of our minds because mm-hmm. we're going to just freewheel this as long as it takes for us to get through talking about the entire 10 episode could season n- of The Curse 9 hours tonight. Yeah, maybe, we could be here you know? till tomorrow. Oh wow. Yeah. Talking about this. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what happens. We can fit more cuz we can fit more cherry tomato jokes in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 1 an hour. Yeah. So, um so strap in. This is a very special show. Um, yeah. it's it's there's a lot to talk about. I have been I've been chopping at the bit to talk about with the, to talk about this show with you guys. Just to unpack it, to try to understand it more, and to get into just all the things we, we, we also love yeah. about it. So if you've not yet seen The Curse, you definitely want to race to Paramount Plus <laughs> and uh, check it out uh, because it is worth your time. It's a f- fucking phenomenal show. I mean, it's better that's than mean. any movie that's coming out. You know, right yeah. now, and Do watch so. it
1: before mm-hmm. enjoying
0: this
2: episode
1: yeah. here because it's going to be spoilery and just, and just confusing and you know.
2: yeah, you won't understand. So this is not you know. Maybe you could tune into like you know one fucking hour on I don't know uh, straight time and you know or like something. Phantasm, that would, like Phantasm. You, know. you might you might be able to follow along if you haven't seen those movies, but with this, you probably need to see the show, and you should anyway because it really is something special. And um, you know, for twenty twenty three, that's really saying something. So. Um, all right. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to fucking get into this, guys. If you are, just go straight into it. Now, we don't have, there's no clock to start. So I guess right. we'll just sort of have our uh, agreement that the show is going to start. <laughs> yes, agreement.
4: land, ag- land acknowledgement. Oh, land <laughs> yeah. Right. You're right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> sorry.
1: So oh, you, you
2: established the land acknowledgement. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I will do that right now we're going to begin talking about the show. And let's start it off like how we normally do uh, on this, on this uh, fine program. Just giving a little synopsis action to set us in the mood for the show. Um, here it is. So The Curse centers on Whitney and Asher Siegel, <laughs> a newlywed couple struggling to bring their vision for eco-conscious housing to the small community of Española, New Mexico. Their efforts are complicated when an eccentrically flawed reality TV producer, Dougie, (laughs) holy shit, sees an opportunity in their story. As the series unfolds, the couple finds themselves caught in a mysterious web of ethical and moral gray zones, all while trying to keep their relationship afloat. The Curse stars Oscar winner Emma Stone, Nathan (laughs) Fielder, and Benny Softy, and it premiered on November 10th of this past year uh, on Showtime. So... That's, of course, what we're talking about. And, and now to really get into it, I thought, you know, Rami, you also thought it'd be a good idea to sort of kick things off, just kind of contextualizing. Uh, we have the brain trust of this uh, project. You have, as we mentioned, Nathan Fielder and uh, Benny Softy uh, collaborating on this. as a first-time collaboration. Very unique uh, <laughs> uh, filmmakers and, t- and TV showmakers here working together. So uh, take it away.
4: Um yeah, I think in in a lot of ways this show challenges our perceptions of what kind of a normative episodic television viewing experience is like. And that's sort of part of the process. And so I think the the combined uh, creative vision of Nathan Fielder and Benny Softy is sort of this amalgamation of both of their approaches to filmmaking, which in a lot of ways are more akin to sociological or anthropological studies, sure. um, and, and less, less narratives in, in sort of a, um, a traditional sense. Um, and so a lot of what Nathan has done with his past work with Nathan for You and the rehearsal is that he's really, um, observing and almost conducting his own experiments about the nature of human behavior. Mm -hmm. And he's constantly examining the sort of complex and troubled line between authenticity and inauthenticity Mm -hmm. and how those things blur and how we as humans are constantly, from a sociological standpoint, constantly performing Mm -hmm. and performing these roles that are asked for us and that we're all sort of in this dynamic with each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's something that occurs that sort of just disrupts those, those, those performances. Um, And it it says a lot about artifice and how much artifice is sort of a part of our everyday life. Um, And then with, (laughs) with Safdie, his work, like, you know, Uncut Gems, um, uh, what was the uh, Heaven Knows what?
0: What? Yep. Evan knows what.
4: um sort of as filmmakers, you know, they they were uh, going into communities, um, exploring sort of subculture, subterranean mm-hmm. elements of of of, of mm-hmm. culture, using non-actors in in a sort of a documentary sense and also an anthropological sense, sort of blurring those lines. Um so this show is is sort of a bizarre amalgamation of that in the trappings of an uh, HGTV reality experiment. Mm -hmm. Which is a great... Mind-blowing.
2: Great sandbox to be playing in. And just one thing before I kick it off to you guys is I I, I think I heard Benny talking about this. He said something about how, you know, he he was a big admirer of Nathan's work, you know, Nathan For You, uh, or um, The Rehearsal, which came out a few years ago. And he um, was talking about how Nathan... You know, is sort of working in this weird reality TV, you know, esque genre where he's sort of trying to find you know, uh, he's trying to take like some like reality, nonfiction, and sort of find fiction in it. And the Softies are kind of doing the opposite, where, you know, they're working in fiction. And like, as you said, Ramey, you know, immersing themselves in real cultures and using non-actors are mm-hmm. trying to sort of find the nonfiction realism elements out of those. And so it's this mm-hmm. kind of, they're wor- they worked in inverse in some ways, and then now they're kind of meeting at the middle, uh, <laughs> bringing mm-hmm. their different styles and combining them. And uh, of course, centered around their their mutual appreciation and obsession with reality TV, uh, which we're seeing obviously, uh, you know, with the curse being about a, the making of a very yeah. cringe and inauthentic HD TV <laughs> program. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very bizarre these two guys, but also very perfect. It's very fitting. They definitely feel like I think Rami, you mentioned to me earlier that they this feels very like our generation. This is the this is the voices of our generation. You know some of the more cutting edge uh, talents that we have, and they're coming together to make something you know really interesting. Yeah,
3: definitely, I, I think at, at first I it, I it, it, it a big question mark for me like that these guys were getting together, but it does make a lot of sense, especially when you watch the show because it does feel like I was thinking a lot about heaven knows what watching and um you know uh, and that <laughs> okay. used like you said it is the, almost the opposite of what Nathan does they for that. You know, we showed that at the theater. I was lucky to meet Benny, and and uh, and I met Nathan too there. I've lived coming kind of charm life, so. But uh, <laughs> when 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 Benny came out, he was explaining the the background of the movie that, you know the uh, the girl in that movie was someone that they met on the street, and she was like a junkie, and they right. set her up in an apartment to write her, her the script on her life, and she became the main actor in the movie, and you know, so it was sort of like tweaking reality, and they had all this documentary techniques you know um and even as i'm talking you know when when they shot that movie and even as i'm talking about i'm realizing that like again this checks the one fucking hour box of like Mm. doc you know like Mm -hmm. 90 percent of the films that we love have some element Mm -hmm. of documentary to to them sure but yeah i mean there's a real uh a great pairing there and it is absolutely what you're saying is that they they Mm -hmm. sort of like are like yin and yang of yeah. like, how they fuck with reality and then right. coming together to be in the middle. That's right. To, to make That's something right. wholly uh, original yeah. that looks and feels like nothing that you've really seen on TV before. No. 100%. Certainly.
1: My thing is just, uh, you know, it's been over 20 years that we've had, you know, this this new form that we're just all steeped in, which is reality television, <laughs> you know, even more so than um, the real world from MTV in the 90s. It really started with... Um, survivor actually right, really right. blowing up and wh- what i mean by that it's that reality tv that's uh not just like a fly on the wall depiction of reality but but a sculpting of reality and putting individuals who aren't actors they're sort of living their lives and putting them through the paces and how much um uh, how much everything is so manicured yeah and um this show does depict what we all already know but um you know like people have to do different takes of when they say something off the cuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. can you do that again, but actually address it as a question and say her name? right? So this person who just said something, the way we talk in life, then has to do like five takes about how they are going to speak in this moment. Mm -hmm. And then you just extrapolate that, and then it becomes, then it's not really reality. It's just other bizarre hybrid. And anyway, what I'm saying is Nathan is really the true artist of these past 20 years. To address uh, this thing that really is is usually just treated with derision or ignored, you know, yeah. or put up with or loved by, yeah. you know, brainless people. Yeah. And he's really investigating and finding a lot of interesting places with it, starting with Nathan for you. So it's I love seeing him develop because this yeah. is the third new folding of the onion that he's taking in um, dealing with our times, um, both the climate of our times and and how people are living. And trying to be real human beings in this incredibly artificial world. Right. It's compounded not just now by reality TV, but then also by social media and what are we calling like personal branding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's really the only person investigating it and he's doing it brilliantly. And Tom,
4: what we were talking about earlier too is how underneath all of that social criticism about artifice and performance and um, sort of mimicking reality, like underneath it is the sort of sadness of like the lack of connection that people have for, e- with each other, the deep insecurity, the kind of like the void and sort of what the impact of all of this culture that's been right. happening to us for so long is really on our souls is what you were kind of saying yeah, earlier. Just
1: the the, 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 my big takeaway on the second viewing is just, it's how each of these people our lead characters and, and maybe all of us in this dynamic, are like we're having our souls crushed and compacted by the weight of um, this thing that, uh, you know, like it does not allow for having a true identity, certainly with other people, but maybe even for yourself. And mm-hmm. you start really losing your way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About you know, like like having a genuine uh, life. Yeah. And um, I think that's the heart of the show. And totally it's heartbreaking to see. It is. Mm-hmm. And
4: the the loneliness. I was going to say of the yeah. characters is, is just yeah. People. The loneliness well, is something
1: everyone wants to be friends in this show. or yeah. have Friends. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. Yeah.
4: Ken, well, no.
2: it's it's also mm-hmm. cyclical in a way too because it's like, you know, with the effect that reality TV has had on our minds in the past 20 years and on culture and entertainment and social media. You know, it's just it's just created this very ridiculous depressing world that we do live in, you know, and it's it's it's, it's crazy. And so finally mm-hmm. it sort of feels like with this show it's starting to pick apart the sort of phoniness the, the artifice bit, yeah. as you're saying and i'm just yeah. of just uh, of of our culture and and, and people in it it's mm-hmm. really just cuz now it's like our world has become so confused and um just you know centered around clout and like you know the really ugly side of people don't want to show their real side anymore everyone's mm-hmm. showing a right. fake. Well, there's side. a lot of
1: passive aggression. Yeah, that too. Which is another huge staple of the show. It is.
2: Um, yeah. It that's is.
1: very modern times where, um, you know, yeah. like in the old days, you know, like old Italian guys in Brooklyn would be like, "Shut the fuck up," you know, and like that <laughs> that's just great. that just Miss isn't that. cool. You just you can't do that. You right. Can't. You already you a fucking do mind? It. Audio yeah, like, what mind? Why are you talking to me, pal? <laughs> no, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, that is so bizarre and alien mm-hmm. in 2024. It was a better world. It's been replaced, though, by, again, passive aggressive behavior. Yep. And um, it's very insidious. Ooh. And, yeah. uh, it's hard to pinpoint because you can't just react to it. Right. Because it's all diffused.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One. Uh, one th- oh, sorry. Do you want to comment on that? Marcus? Oh, I just
3: before we get off of TV, I just wanted to say that not only does it is it a commentary on reality TV, but I feel like it's also can be viewed as a commentary on like just episodic TV, what we've Mm -hmm. come to expect from prestige television and stuff, just in like the form of the show and how it's laid out. We've got like, you know, nine episodes of a show that have things that could be interpreted as plot points that are going somewhere that are all going to come together on the 10th episode. And I, the whole time I was like, What's with that girl's hair? Like, well, you know, I was like following these little plot leads, thinking it was going. I was like, I had no idea where it's going, but I can't wait to see how they tie all this shit together. And the audience becomes kind of wrapped. You are, you do get wrapped up in that part of it too. And then the 10th episode just kind of dispenses of all that and makes it completely. Yeah. not different, but a completely unexpected statement that makes those okay. things seem less important. So well, things aren't so in a way. Like I feel like it is a commentary, and just like yeah, what, exactly, exactly. It's it's a commentary on the Better Call Sauls. It is. Yeah. it can be viewed that way, and the yeah. audience is like, got a participatory. You know, well, it's uh, is participating
1: in that, that. adventure because this show is not being very warmly received well, <laughs> by the
2: culture. Yeah, before <laughs> you know? before we get into that, real quick, I just wanted to oh, okay. put a bow on what Marcus was saying. It's just the idea of like um, you know, it is it is subverting expectation. It's it's yes. it's, it's, it's it's not it's getting us out of being trained of, you know, like cliffhanger sort of TV. Um, mm. but the other thing that it does, one last little piece that I think is important to point out about um just, you know, while we're on Benny and Nathan's approach, Is just Mm -hmm. talking about how it is also a deconstruction, I think, of their own work. You know, we were sort of talking about this. I think uh, when we did Finding Francis, we were talking about how Nathan's, you know, last show, uh, the rehearsal, is absolutely a sort of self criticism, deconstruction, if you will, of everything he went through on Nathan for You and maybe the quasi guilt he had (laughs) for sort of, you know, quasi manipulating people for, you know, the benefit of his own show, the exploitation. Um, and I'm sure that you know B- Benny. I don't know as well, but I'm sure he, everything he's learned, you know, yeah. about being a director and a producer and an actor in terms of mm-hmm. all that stuff. That they 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 also are bringing not only the mirror to up to our culture, but they're also kind of bringing it up to, you know, just filmmaking their filmmaking in general, making it very personal, mm-hmm. which I think is also a, a sign of a of a great artist, right?
4: Yeah, I think that's what we were talking about earlier. It's it's also like a meta commentary on on that moral ambiguity of using real people yeah, and sort right. of exploiting those people's authenticity for your own benefit. I mean, like a cynical way of looking at the Safdie's movies are sort of like where do we where do we appropriate other people's authenticity and bring it into the fold of our hipster?
1: Well, movie. like a Harmony Korine exploitation. R- and harmony because because yeah. class actually this show uh, the the curse there's a lot about class exactly and i think that um mm-hmm. class is just ignored like there's a lot of um yes yeah, like the the, the the tenets of woke it's definitely race obviously as we all know and um silence on class more or less except vaguely mm-hmm. like oh billionaires need to pay taxes And it's just class is not discussed, but this show's all about it. And so to the point, what I'm saying is like, I actually met the woman who stars in Heaven Knows What, her story. Right. Very nice, but she, you know, I could tell she didn't have an education of any sort, you know, and so she's already kind of like handicapped by speaking you know like back and forth like really savvy with you know cool people in manhattan or uh, or great and silver lake and so um she's coming from a different class yeah and i don't Mm -hmm. think she has the capacity to be in control of how her story's told or or to Mm -hmm. put a Mm -hmm. stop and like whoa i don't like this
4: one the agency going in to do that exactly which Mm -hmm. is so freaking interesting because on so many levels, the curse is addressing that, and they (laughs) are interrogating themselves as filmmakers and implicating themselves in that. I mean, when you look at like American movie and then storytelling by Todd Solins that was made as a comment to Mm -hmm. American movie and and sort of, yes, this idea of taking, you know, working class people or lower class people Mm -hmm. with drug addictions or grit, and then like, oh, I'm going to, you know, bring you, same thing, Mm -hmm. gummo. Yeah. poverty know, so it's- poverty oh, pole yeah. the most
1: chilling laughs you'll hear are um you know like uh like uh, Brooklyn laughs at working class people. Yeah, um, like, yeah. Modern Brooklyn. You know, yeah. Because yeah. Like, yeah. I saw American movie in uh, you know the Lower East Side. Yeah, I did too. So. Yeah. And it was a laugh fest. It was like whore, hard, whore, knee slapping. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. wow. Like, yeah. um, it's just derision. It's just yeah. like it's a it's a circus. It's a clown show, and that has really maintained throughout reality television. Right. You know, like what, like ducks hunting season? What is that show? Right. Oh,
2: um, duck Dynasty. Oh, so that's Dynasty. <laughs> (laughs) I
4: think even more disturbing is when it's done in like an art house way. Mm -hmm. Like, so with, I think there's so many dynamics to this topic. Like it's in documentary. It's, it's like the social justice documentaries of like, who, what are you, you know, what story are you mining and for what purposes yeah. what traumas yeah. are, are are we exploring so it's it's like this show does a really interesting well, job that's yeah the i think like it's really the
1: laptop class controls storytelling <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yep. and they're not giving it up whatsoever and again class. all i'm saying is this show amazingly yeah. addresses these things that are it otherwise does. not even discussed like in think pieces these no things. yeah because right. it's so
4: many it, it touches on so many layers of it it touches on the gentrification, it touches on the artifice of the social media, mm-hmm. it touches on the white saviorism, but it also oh. is like an indictment of filmmaking. It's it's like yeah. there's, and then we were saying before, it's such a piece that defines our generation as like oh. the millennial generation mm-hmm. that we were, I think, we, Tommy, you were going to say earlier that like, it's been tricky the way this has been received because oh. we like you said we don't have that distance yet
2: let me say that yeah it's say that. like
1: you need about 10 years like to really pick apart something let and me, this show is insanely you know 2023 l- l- yes. let me um, let me and but you know the thing is i'm sure that millennials love this show and it's a huge hit right
2: yeah i think with some of them <laughs> Well, no, I've talked beloved
1: and everyone's talking about it. Well, hang on, you would hope
2: so. You'd hope so. But no, no, no,
1: I'm saying no, it is. I'm going to make an assumption right now that it's big with millennials. No,
2: I don't know. I I don't know Oh,
1: I set you up. It's it's not being well received.
2: I know I was trying to say things and I kept (laughs) getting stepped on the uh, (laughs) what's what's insane about this is that the lack of conversation around this show uh, has it's been Mm -hmm. very silent out there. Uh, in terms of the reaction to this show, and yeah, we were talking earlier. It's like uh, it's not a comedy, <laughs> you know. Like you know, it appeals yeah. to maybe people who are fans of Nathan' very unique brand of comedy, but it is definitely not a comedy. It's some of the darkest shit I've ever fucking seen on TV. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't Easy. even. Yeah. It's like it. It is. It is. When you're when you're pan when you're when you're making you know a character that has a micro penis. <laughs> you know, and you're dwelling oh. on said micro penis many times. I mean, that's some dark shit. You know, when you're really mm-hmm. getting inside the head of somebody and dealing with that psychologically. That's or pretty how about dark. Even them trying to joke about it. Yeah, I know. and bullying like, like, this person darker. relentlessly. And, and bullying him. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. brutal. So mm-hmm. it's not really a comedy, but it's not really getting well received by uh, you know the mass culture. I anyone. think anyone. Anyone. Because I think for the main reason is because it's too fucking close to the bone. It is too cutting edge. It's too in the now. Everybody, there are so many people out there of my generation, specifically, Mm -hmm. who are still living in the bubble (laughs) of the curse world. You know, everybody is still wrapped up. The Whitney's are everywhere. The Whitney's (laughs) are everywhere. And, and I think, I think for most people, when they sit down and watch this, they, they're not making the connection of what, you know, if you want to say it's satirizing or it's parodying in, in a subtle way, mm-hmm. or it's what it's sort of unpacking. It does just feel like they found
3: up. a way to have a conversation that people haven't been able to have. Yes. Ever, right. And then the rest of the world isn't ready to hear it. Yeah. Yes. It, it feels that and- way.
4: and like we were saying it's not a parody it's not broad comedy where they're caricaturing to the extent that you can just point and laugh like an snl sketch like it's it's it these are searing character (laughs) portraits of like deep pain personal pain
1: well like i was saying like when the show starts when i first started watching i was like okay, who am I going to hate? What's going on? I don't want to hate right. these people. And by the end, it's like, I don't hate all any of them. Yeah, And I don't know how I feel, maybe pity or something. Because you do you
4: know. see the nuances yeah. with all of them. You yeah. see the, of them. the insecurity, oh, yeah. you see like the the loneliness and where that pathetic desperation is coming from. It's like a deep pit of yeah. loneliness and, yeah. and dislocation. Yeah. Um, and so you don't... You don't laugh at them or or hate them. You're just like this is sad no that the culture has put us here, you know? Yes. It's a tragedy. Um, it, is, yeah. it is
2: it is it a, is it's a modern tragedy. Last little thing to put a bow on all of this before we move on to talking about the characters, the rich, rich, deep, nuanced characters that we're about to get into is just a little bit on the sort of inspiration for this show. I think it's worth pointing out. You know, Benny Softy has said in interviews that um, when his wife was pregnant, he was spending a lot of time watching a lot of HGTV, home and garden television. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, Lord knows I watched a lot of that growing up. My mom was a big HGTV fan. Oh, Oh, big time. HGTV's always got to be on. (laughs) So um, he was into it, but it's obviously much different now than it was when I was growing up. a lot of reality shows about uh, of the of the buying and selling, the flipping of houses and things, and so he just thought you know it was so he was so fascinated, you know, by this aspirational content, and uh, but he would see these sort of husband and wife hosts, which is a very common thing on HGTV, I guess, and he could sense (laughs) the tension. He could sense. That maybe these two people don't really like each other in <laughs> real life, you know. Sort of the nonverbal communication and uh, between these characters, and really got it fascinated with the concept of the the reality in this in this very artificial representation of these people and, and of fascinated reality by. of reality, like the truth yeah.
1: That's sneaking through. I think truth is not a bad word here because mm-hmm. reality is right. very confused as a signifying term. Sure, but I think yeah. Yeah. like you're saying, truth. like finding the truth in realities in the reality <laughs> yeah. context and that's yeah. like a facial expression or how they yeah. don't or do say something at the right, right
0: time
2: or their body um language right and he also commented on um we were talking about this earlier about uh the uh tagline slogan of HGTV, tv which is "Ramy."
4: i think it was if you don't like your neighborhood change it <laughs> And I think he said that it, that like chilled him to the bone, like it yeah, just no, sent like a feeling of terror through his body that like this idea that we feel like we have the power to like alter these environments that, that are not our own. And yeah. I think that also speaks to what you were saying, Tom, about sort of like the... The laptop, what did you call it?
0: Laptop laptop, media class.
4: The (laughs) laptop media class of like Silver Lake coffee shop flat white people. (laughs) Um, even like their hubris of like, colonizing and i know this word colonizing is complicated because it's a very whitney thing to say um as well so there's nuances with that Mm -hmm. language too which is uh, interesting to talk about but it's true it's like these um this kind of upper middle class liberal arts educated Mm -hmm. you know liberal white couples who decide to impose their upscale hipsterdom on everyone um and decimate Neighborhoods and complete right. expanses and of areas and yeah. ecosystems. Yeah, do it bluntly, yeah.
1: and it's from one direction. And that great first episode of The Curse um, has a perfect embodiment of what we're discussing here, wherein the working class local woman who's going to that strip mall for you know her whole life goes right. into this new foofy um, <laughs> gentrified uh, you know coffee shop, and indeed, it's like uh, that's a drip coffee. We can get that with almond milk for you. And the woman's just like, coffee. Yes. yes, coffee <laughs> and it's just <laughs> what i'm saying is there's there's a chasm that's like an yeah. atlantic ocean wide between these yeah. two right. people and what's really obnoxious is like maybe try to meet people halfway
0: totally.
4: yeah you know? yeah and, well, the, and the pretense is that they're doing that and that's yeah. what makes it so demented and sick right. with yeah with no self-awareness that in their minds they believe that they're meeting the community but it's all performance it has nothing yeah. to do with them and the them dynamic
1: meeting. back to class like you can't be halfway dynamics. if if the class on top is 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 dominating everything through money, mm-hmm. you know, and making b- by by fiat making all these decisions to your strip yeah. mall, you know, right. and that's what they happens right in the right in the show. You
2: well, know? and and, and, and um, gentrification, you know, becomes then a, a big theme of the show because uh, that's sort of when Benny was watching these shows, he was sort of like, you know, you never see the effect. That these shows have on the small towns that they're setting these, you know, episodes in, so that that got him thinking, you know, uh, about setting sort of a story in a town where Uh, people are coming in, and what effect does it have? What is it like?
1: Yeah, right for
4: sure, exactly. But also, what what he's doing, which is interesting, is like he's taking that idea with the home flipping show, but he's kind of accentuating that with this, you know. Silver Lake upper middle class archetype that's not even very common to the reality TV genre. So right. it's, it's, inter- you true. don't, you don't ever see those kind of that's people. True. So he's not really talking about the HTV people. He's just using that as a framework that's to true. talk about this that's other culture. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, that, that is colonizing and gentrifying everywhere mm. you go. I mean, in LA, it's, 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 sure. you know, n- everywhere. And, well, and well, there's so there's an
1: active battle right now in Boyle Heights. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about this before. The yeah. first thing that comes in is a coffee shop. Yep. Um, and there have been protests in Boyle Heights where wow. they don't want to lose their identity like all the other neighborhoods. Yep,
4: with the, the $13 side. coffees right. and then like the purple right. sweet potato exactly. breakfast bars. <laughs> yeah, great.
1: Right. <laughs> um, and um so no there's a battle for it and they're like there's yeah. protest because they know that that's like what is that like the beachhead is right it's like right. putting that
4: flag down and then everything else always the, coffee
2: jeans and coffee on uh, the front lines yeah yep, totally and line. real quick uh just one other thing i wanted to just say about you know we were talking about uh the uh who is this for this show mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and, and it's lack of sort of um uh, you know Catching the zeitgeist because I because I do think it's just too soon for this. This I think this show will go on to have a cult following of some kind. The more mm-hmm. people talk about yeah. it and things like that, but mm-hmm. I think for right now it takes a very special viewer, <laughs> who not only is down for some grim grim portrayals, but mm-hmm. also, you know, <laughs> for this groundbreaking, nuanced darkness. But also, like we were saying, it's like part of it is. Holding a mirror, you know, to ourselves in a lot of ways because we're so in this culture yeah, right we're now. To so millennials, yeah, yeah. millennials,
4: we're deep yeah. in there. We're
2: deep in it. Like I'm watching this show and cringing because, not naming any names. But I'm seeing like, oh my God, I know that person and I know totally. this person and I'm a little like that and yeah, we're yeah. a little like that. And it's it's so uncomfortable to admit the last thing you want to be is a Dougie. You don't want to be mm-hmm. an Asher and you really don't want to be a Whitney. Yeah. But no. it it's, kind it's of been really
3: hard for anyone to have this conversation too without feeling like you're like, you know, uh, like a, a Trumper or something, you know, like people that are that, to start a conversation about yeah, yeah. these things has been really difficult. They find a way to, to talk talk about it to hold a mirror up to
1: right
0: young millennials the, the nuances of it yeah, yeah that, well, uh, like you like said I think it's too reflex. Un-
1: like mm-hmm. like yeah. can, can I bring up one thing that mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about today um when Portlandia started mm. like 10 years ago <laughs> right that's that's Gen X right <laughs> right right but, but but the thing is when Portlandia started I went hey this is interesting let's mm-hmm. make fun of the flat whites, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so the show starts, and I went, oh, wait a minute. We're supposed to love these people. We're supposed to like think they're cute and fun, yeah.
4: adorable mm-hmm. and tweed. right. They're
1: adorably like quirky uh, alt people. Yeah. And it had no, it was so toothless right. in that show. And right. so, all, all I'm saying is like, right. um, and there's You're maybe right. something kind of Gen X about that. That's interesting, like, yeah. Right. But I think what I'm saying is, and well, Portland is a huge hit, you know. Yeah. Yes. And, um, this show is so abrasive and, and 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 like, think of the music, you know. Yeah. It's yes. Like harsh yeah. synthesizer tones. And like, like
4: discordant and just like. Right. And what that. I'm
1: saying is, it's just like um, no one here is cuddly the way that Portlandia depicted people and their kind of adorable <laughs> mm-hmm. like um, flat white reality. So you know what's mm-hmm. um, and
3: of it's course aggressive. It's, yeah, it's aggressively millennial and under too. Like, there's no. This is not a boomer no. show. No, I don't think oh. boomers are gonna be. No, they can't do it. I, I have a rule. There's
1: no,
2: they don't know where to start. I have a hard and fast <laughs> I'm rule not even that writing them. It's
1: just like no, no. no I just
2: no, no. Boomers do not get. I've never met a boomer who's who who's understood Nathan or can even process what they're watching. I that. It's like it's too, um, contemporary in that they can't separate what is you know, real about it and what isn't and mm-hmm. the in the commentary that it's that is satirizing is too the discomfort. It's it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the discomfort. Yeah. It's not their jam. It it
3: harshes. Even their like Nathan vibe. for you is like there's some similarities between that and what oh, Sasha Baron Cohen does, but like oh, boomers okay. can get down with Borat, but Definitely. like they just Nathan is like too yeah. much of a too awkward, too much of a turn-off. They're like, why would I want to watch that guy for 20 yeah. minutes? Well, he plays you
1: know? too straight too. There's no like funny mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Right. It right. doesn't the go answer.
4: into p- parody. Like, and right. that's, you know, and Somehow. it's it's showing the um like beyond not going to parody, it's showing like the scariest, darkest, most isolating moments of when you're alone and that part of yourself you don't want anyone to see and it's like they're yeah. showing you that repeatedly in the show in, in the moments curse, yeah. when the characters are by themselves and yeah. it's horrifying it's yeah
0: oh my that's God. what
1: i picked up on in the second viewing even the artist character like yeah. she gets her moment to stare blankly off and yeah just, like, and i because, I want to
4: talk about that later i love is, and just to that. say
1: like Like what you see, because there's some really great acting in the show and we should get to the people, the characters. Let's do it. But like what you see is um, them staring off in the distance and seeing the calculation in their mind of how this conversation they just had went down and how they really kind of let themselves down and their humanity down.
4: Exactly. Like, wow,
1: I just exploited this person. That wasn't fun, and yes, I'm up like a bunch of money, but like, yep. what did I pay for that money? You or I you? gave up
4: my dignity to this person right. in, mm-hmm. in the right. in the artist sense. Like, and it is interesting. Like, there's a there's so many moments where the camera just lingers, like, lingers and the scene quote unquote is over, and we're actually <laughs> yeah. getting to experience the inner <laughs> life, and that never happens. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't in a TV
1: anymore. Show. It, in it an doesn't. art film, maybe, but yeah, no, it's, and it's, it's
4: an experimental. Or art film, Evan, sorry. Go
2: but ahead. it doesn't have roots in experimental film because I will tell you, I was reading about this today, Nathan sh- sent Benny a scene from Columbo as an inspiration for, for, for pacing <laughs> on this show. Yeah,
4: and candid camera.
2: Yeah, yes. But oh, the really? idea of... Oh. Yeah, but on Columbo, it was just a scene yeah. of Peter Falk, you know... Um, walking up to a phone and picking up the receiver and then using the rotary phone, all seven numbers, and you real know? Time. And Which it's is just challenging
4: our yeah. modern yeah. way of processing content, yeah. this yeah. avalanche oh. of constant content Keep that people moving. are obsessed with consuming yeah. 24 hours a day. And it's, what's the new show? What's, and it's yeah. all about like easily digestible narratives that we can just literally it could like yeah. run through our bodies. Oh. And so all of a sudden we're being asked to like, what are we stop doing? and then the pacing is like so disjointed oh. that yeah it's doing that thing where it's challenging us to subvert our expectations well, do we want to get into yes, some some other do. points
1: about how this show is not being very well received and why okay, is, what, is there another we, one did i miss one about, well well i was going to say that i know for a fact that there's um there was a um a problem with having a big like maybe the biggest female mm-hmm. movie star right now oh. actress Sure. In uh, Emma Stone, because I was seeing a lot of like knee-jerk responses, like the new Emma Stone thing sucks. It's boring. I don't get it. Like, like this is dumb. And what the thing is is you know it's just like they're expecting product yep. to be at like a movie star Emma Stone yep level, and this is so uh, like beyond any expectation that oh. anybody's uh, you know uh, acclimated to you know, and so um, there's a definitely. Um, and then that, I think that traveled very quickly and there was like a bad vibe with this show because it was disappointing Emma Stone fanatics. Yeah. And she's huge. Like she just hosted SNL yeah. and kudos to her yes. for being about as big as you can be right now and yep. doing such a challenging show for herself and us, all of us, you know. Yeah. And like
4: the, the performance is so impeccable. Yeah. And like, oh, and that she's that's incredible. Incredible.
1: we want to get into her? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. I
4: think we should.
2: Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I've never like, her her character Whitney is 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 so fucking real. Um, oh. and I, I mean first off her, her performance in all of her facials, her facial expressions, you know because uh, it' it is sort of because since the show thematically is about what we were talking about earlier, the the artifice, the sort of facade the fake facade of our world mm-hmm. and also who we are, she does such yeah. a good job of of performing, um, you know that fake phony hi you know kind of thing and she's so good at that and you can also read everything she's thinking when she's hyper obsessed on oh my god Asher shouldn't be saying mm. that this person shouldn't be saying that it's so fucking real into where we are right now um, but also she also plays this perfect vulnerability where she herself is absolutely terrified at the fact of anybody finding out who she really is and so she has She's doing a really good job of balancing, um, yeah, playing fake and also those moments where you can tell as an audience that you know she is a husk of a person. Yeah, you know, she beneath lets that all creep that, creep through on her face. Yeah, yes, right.
4: every little flicker of expression is telling this like story. That's incredible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's very rich. Just her, just her, just watching her face. You know, and how she, yeah, navigates through everything and. The thing is, you know, we're talking about it's 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 a world of BS but also scheming. Yes. You know, it's very much a world. I don't know how you younger people do it. Like uh, <laughs> it's like everyone is always thinking like, you know, like it's a fucking chess game as far as uh, social intercourse goes. Yeah, You know, it's like all right, here's all these assholes in this room i gotta be nice to this one ignore that one bond with this one alienate myself from that one so it's just like it's exhausting yeah and she's definitely that kind of archetypal character and she's always trying to figure out because that's the thing we'll talk about each of them individually but like as far as scheming i think that's one of the takeaways for me she's Mm. mostly good at it the nathan's character asher's really bad at it (laughs) You know, like he, he 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 can't. He doesn't have good fake face, and he explodes in anger, right? Oh, and then that, Asher, yeah. I'm sorry, then um, uh, Doug Dougie is um, I don't know. He's uh,
4: he's an amazing manipulator for sure. Yeah. He's, he is a
1: great schemer. Yeah, yeah he he's a, an amazing, he's a world manipulator class, schemer. and a
4: fantastic <coughs> producer. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I don't want to get stuck <laughs> yeah, with those. those sorry. Things, to stick, yeah, sorry. Yeah,
1: stick with what I'm saying is to stick with her. I think there's BS, and then there's active. Passive aggressive scheming yeah. yes. at every mm-hmm. moment. And there's never like a place where you just walk into a party and go, like, I want to meet somebody. How you doing? It's like, yeah. what it's transactional. What do you have for me? What can I do for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Well,
4: and her, I think in terms modern? of like the millennial, like we were saying, how she encapsulates perfectly this specific demographic of the millennial white woman in a in a perfect yeah. encapsulation that is it should be in a fucking yeah. museum a like i'm like, I'm like I, I want to write a dissertation just yeah. on the characterization of whitney yeah. and the evolution of the millennial woman and her mm-hmm. like emerging adulthood into her late yeah. 30s and like how culture has shaped the identity of that archetype and how spot on they got this characterization like even down because like i am a millennial woman in my late 30s so even the way that i i can spot like the the bag that she has i know exactly where they got that the shirt she's wearing Mm -hmm. to the party the (laughs) like everything that's calibrated in her um toiletry case and the mud mask like it's all so specific it's it's dialed in because those accoutrements are all homogenized because of the way that social media has branded all of this shit to inside the algorithms of these millennial women. Especially for women, yeah. It's Mm. all you do is consume this stream of homogenized content that gives you signifiers of like what your identity is. right? And because for like
1: supporting, um, accoutrements
4: completely. And like what, (laughs) what you're projecting and and how you're constructing that identity. And it's so perfectly orchestrated because there's no separation between branding and, and. who who you are as a personal identity Mm
1: -hmm. yeah one of the little thing is i've noticed is it's aging millennial women is um i think that what they want to have is that cake and eat it too thing where it's like i want to be virtuous and i want to feel like i'm a good person and not like you know like trumpers or like my parents or boomers yeah. you know, like i'm a good person but they also want to have creature comforts of the petite bourgeois oh, yeah cool. so, so they totally. certainly want to have like they want to be loaded <laughs>
4: they want to have they, money like, they want to they have want to do fancy clogs yeah. they want to be
1: rich and have all the little things that you know <sighs> yep. you get when you're rich but yeah. they also want to be a good person y- and, yeah um, right and you see that play out and how that's there's a and how do you country. really hold those two you can't things?
4: can integrate them. Yeah, you can there really, you really, yeah, you want to buy the two hundred dollar sleep mask and the uh, yeah. you know, and have that whole lifestyle, but then still be construed as socially conscious, yes, right. and totally e- e- yeah. virtuous totally. and good, right. Um, and not like a capitalist bourgeoisie dickhead, totally. You yeah. know,
3: right? I think so. Afraid of being a Karen that you turn into a Whitney,
2: basically. <laughs> right. Well,
4: it's not even. It's, well, I'll, I don't know, Evan, did you want to say something else? Because No,
2: go ahead. Respond to that. Then I'll, I was going to say
4: it's, there is like an interesting evolution of like before the whole Karen thing, you know, like this started way before that. Like, I, th- I think it's like when you look back, like I w- almost want to do a timeline and like a no. chart with photos <laughs> of like the millennial yeah. woman, because like I am in that generation, although I, I was I'd never on social media. So I was always very much like observing from the outside yeah, of how an- kind of like, twisted yeah ramey's never been on um, social
2: media which is pretty unreal well like I, i've never uh, like uh, had an
4: instagram or posted anything on instagram but, but I've, yeah. I've seen it in my my cohorts cohorts mm. um i'm not trying to sound like on my high horse it just was never yeah. something that like interested <laughs> me so like um it, it was like there was this image right away when like in emerging adulthood that like when everyone got their Instagram accounts, it's like, okay, what am I going to curate? And at first it was kind of that like American apparel, um, like, you know, skinny Terry Richardson model, you know, <laughs> with the t-shirt reading yep. a Patty Smith book, eating like a hamburger yeah. and it Basically was like
1: punky underground. Yeah. And media. she
4: was like kind of objectifying herself. Like exactly it was the indie sleaze about. era. My, my good friend Collier actually had an amazing blog. Uh, called Carefree White Girl, which was before anyone was even using that language, which was amazing. But then that sort of became out of vogue, you know, like the objective realizing, it was kind of like, they started to refine this like feminism, kind of the Jezebel feminism. True. Then you started sort of segue into way, I don't want to be objectified anymore. I'm going to empower myself. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of it, it became a little bit girl boss <laughs> and then the wing. and it became all about like we're feminists and we're empowering. and but then all of a sudden it's it it was like that became very cringe. When suddenly the new generation of Gen Z was coming up, saying, "Listen, that that's very monolithic. That's 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 very white and very ignorant." All mm-hmm. of a sudden, for the first time, that generation was feeling like, "Oh, I'm not at the yeah. center of the it universe." Got checked, and the like they never got checked before. Never. They were always the centrality, like the right. centrality of their privilege, the centrality. And once that was checked, it became, "Oh, oh, oh, how do we pivot? Like, how do we adjust right. this image?" Wow. And then they had to finally In the
1: Trump era. I know I'm a good person, right? And, yeah.
4: yeah. And
0: yeah.
4: like, even right before that, like it was, there was a calibration before even Trump that was like, okay, you know, how do I adjust this image where I need to project that like I'm self aware? Because the shittiest thing to be in this culture right now is not self aware. Yes. I don't want to be one of yeah. these girl boss idiots. Right. So then it all of a sudden it became about performative language and yeah. adopting performative attitudes. But while still, like you said, Tom, living the life of the bourgeoisie right. yeah. which was which it has nothing to do with working yeah. class values or right. the values that they're espousing right. those yeah. values are i do believe that the liberal educated women Do believe in those ideas? Of course. Like in theory, Whitney does believe in the things she says, and she thinks that, like, uh, you know, uh, of course, colonialism is bad. And but it's the fact is that her actions are not mirroring the values that she's espousing, so she's inauthentic. But it's
1: also, uh, I mean, what you see in the show. Getting back to the show and the characterization of Whitney (laughs) is like you constantly are seeing that um, the roots of her um, inspiration to, 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 to take action. Is there's always a selfish motive because it has to it has to align Mm -hmm. with like we're both great artists. Okay, I want to say something about that. It's all threading the needle. It's like I want to be a great artist who's rich and who is socially aware. It's all self serving. And 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 I think the and I'll just leave it with this. Everyone has to learn you can't do it all. You have to kind of pick. You can't. For some reason in modern life, the way because there's so much that can happen and the convenience of it all and the possibilities. You can't thread that needle. You can't quite do it all. You have to choose, mm-hmm. and um, she. This is someone who is, you know, trying to do this thing that I would say is virtually impossible, and uh, you see that played out because um, she's not doing it with genuine heart. Mm-hmm. So she's always going to be at a distance from right. the people she's trying to save. Right. Exactly. She's not just right. going to go, hey man, what's going on? Who are right. You? hi Right. Right. Like I'm a person, exactly. person first. No, totally. And then no. like yeah, there's these social class things that are happening. No. no. That are it's conflict. very selfish. Like, I'm a person focused. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. not like like it's almost like like you should start talking to people like, Oh, I have a kid and you have a kid and how's your kid and how's school? Right. You ever, talk, you ever even overhear people talking? Yeah. And they're just talking about like their kids. Humans and, talking. Yeah, just right, right.
4: Like human beings. But but the point is that it is—it's it, all about how she can get her clout, and and yes. so, yeah, well, that's all for the see.
3: show. You know, that's mostly it's for the show. You know, yeah, it's like true. how can we make a flipping show? But it's a socially conscious flipping exactly. show. I think and, it's like, beyond well, that. Her houses aren't even the name of the show. The houses aren't even safe, really, or eco. You know, like they're no. uh, oh, uh, they're they're threaded away from being not eco. You know, everything's and so everything's for the show, and then um, but. It, uh, it, you know, there's the there's a really revealing moment. Like a- Asher's sort of just kind of going along with whatever she wants, you know. But like, yeah. uh, there's a really revealing moment where he's do he's saying the line he thinks she wants to hear. He's like, "What about what about Fernando's mom?" You know, she's gonna kick that. And she's like, "Oh, oh, look at you! <laughs> yeah. You should care about his mom." And she, she oh, kind of shows so this that horrible side of herself okay. where
2: she she, she doesn't hey, even Evan. see that, you know, really Evans dying. Oh, my, um he's dying. Okay, I see him. just real quick, because I wanna just I wanna before <laughs> Whitney, we get too we far did it. Just, just just before we get too far <laughs> off. More. No, no, I just there's one more thing about Whitney because Marcus was saying it was for the show. I think it's much farther than just the show. I think it's it's yeah. it's 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 her I it's her own identity. It's for who she is, oh, you yeah. know, to the outside world. And I think that's just the one other thing I wanted to say just really quick about social media is just this idea of like it's created I think social media and this environment and Whitney specifically, just to tie it to her is it's created this kind of like even semi or full, full narcissism that I think more people are being afflicted with than they probably were before, you know, because everything is so um, driven by, This fake persona that we are putting out into the world—it's like we are making our own little TV shows that everyone's watching, and hopefully they like us. And our or our own little reality shows that we're sort of making, and that and that you know, so people have to you know. So I think it's 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 this desperation for everything Mm. you're saying, um, but I think it's going so far just to satisfy this own person, this fake image they want to make of themselves. And I think it's like because our world is less, you know, organic and us just, you know, talking to people and 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 sort of organically uh developing an identity, you know, through activities yeah. and whatever how we used to, I think a lot of it is algorithm pushed. And so it's this very we're just being pushed a fake identity um on 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 sort of all directions and I think this yeah. show does a really good job of just getting yeah. into that sort of you know, exploring that and, and co- the narcissism. Oh,
4: like co-opting other people's, like yes. she's co-opting other people's identity to yeah. give herself more currency yeah. right. the whole time. Oh. And like, yeah.
3: She's yeah. seeking validation from, you know, people of color or whatever mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. sure. so that she's to say like, I'm not a bad person or like I'm yeah. not a racist or I'm an ally. You know, she's seeking that validation from them. <laughs> Uh, to make her into well, you know, but without to making a swash any sacrifices
1: guilt. whatsoever. Right,
3: without right.
4: making any sacrifices, but, but just sort of trying blind- to use it.
3: Yeah, she's sort of. Well, it's also, sorry. Sorry, no, go
4: Mark, ahead. Marcus, go ahead.
3: Yeah, Ray. Well, just also to enrich. Sorry. You know, there's the inner drive, but then it's also like they've got this sort of real estate scheme going too, you know? So it is, it's the opposite of what, of the goals, because they really are trying to flip that neighborhood and buy up all as much land as they can, you know, and make all these empty gestures that, you know, they'll pay someone's rent for a year. You know, and then it's going to be gone, you know, and they and they will have completely changed the community. So it is all uh, they're sort of like the wolves in sheep's
2: clothing almost. You oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. All right. That's we should move on it. because it's already been almost an hour. <laughs> um, okay, OK. OK. So we um, got two more beloved characters. OK. Here. Oh, the goodness. last thing, the last thing to real quick before we move on about Whitney. That's amazing. She's the richest character. Is just yes. the yeah. idea of the last little piece, and you touched on it a little bit, but it gets so—it's so much of it is about this: is how she considers herself an artist. You know, this idea <laughs> oh, that she constantly, that's my plot. Yeah. yeah, needs to be reminding people, especially her, you know, Kara, uh, who is an artist. And I think what you're saying, Marcus, about the validation, like. This Kara character is sort of the key to her validation. Mm-hmm. If she can get Kara to see her as an equal, then she, she she's that that then she's getting what she needs out of this whole thing. Um, I th- yeah and, and the, Kara, she knows even if she's a, a, she doesn't even care if she believes it she wants Kara
3: just to yeah. say it onto the TV exactly uh, yeah she correct. wants to have that association.
4: Yeah, yeah. If she wants to create that association so that the image is yeah. that they're aligned and it gives yeah. her more credibility. Right. And but she's using her like a prop. There yeah. are
1: two levels, though, like getting psychoanalytical. And maybe Marcus was, or sorry, Evan was getting towards this. There's um, the clout, you know, externally, yep. publicly in social media. But she internally
0: yep. wants mm. to
1: feel like, like a, a, a good, both a good person and like a rich person. In yeah. her life like an artist. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. wants to um, uh, but she knows that she's not. Yes. She's not so she's yeah. going well, this crippled let's, place where she's she knows that she's not an artist. Let's talk yeah. about she's it. just kind of a scammer and she's kind of yeah. you know, scamming people and everyone in their life. But deep down inside, and that's what I think is the soul of the show, as I was saying yes. before, everywhere the show goes right to the deep soul of everybody, and everyone is really broken inside. Yeah, because they cannot fill the chasm internally although they are desperately trying especially through the externalized clout yeah of social media and 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 they can tell though that it's not working it's not, it's working. not you know how like when you see like a millionaire is depressed like Kirk cobain killed himself yeah it's like that scary notion where you get everything you ever wanted and yeah. you stop aspiring yeah and you wake up one day and you go i'm still unhappy it's, it's
4: not fine. filling the void that yeah. you And they to kill fill. themselves it's like yeah.
1: it's that kind of energy Let's and she's forget- lonely
4: and she wants a friend too. That's and like, oh, that's we'd a all thing. love to have
1: friends. The basketball year. scene too, oh. when
4: like. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's when the show is like, you're like, this is fucking smart. another level. It is because smart. yes, we can excoriate people and analyze them and put right. them down. But then when we really look inside and see like, this is like, it's just lonely girl, lonely girl. who has yeah. no friends and like oh. wants to mess around and play basketball and. you can, see her with you know, any
1: real friends? No. no. And that,
4: I noticed that no. today when I watched no, it, none. she has no friends we in the can. show. And then she says like, Oh, I want to document like this one part of the show that shows my life outside of Asher because I do have a life outside of Asher. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, you don't. don't. You have to hire these people to show that. And (laughs) And it's all
2: shot like on a shitty C300 as well, too, which is amazing. Yeah, because they're Uh, like
4: this. We're not going to use this. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. (laughs) But let's not forget, which I've been trying to get in here, is about that the fact that she's stealing the concept uh, for these houses from Doug Aitken, yeah. you know, which Doug is Aitken. a brilliant creative <laughs> right, choice right. on Benny and, and Nathan's. The yeah. idea yeah. that she's just gonna wholesale name, name drop him, you totally wholesale, <laughs> literally
4: ripping off his entire aesthetic <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. try, So it's a say, it's like a blatant like. It's a great. You know, I'm touch. not even gonna pretend. Right. Also, yeah. that she's taking the money from blood money from her parents. Too, no, so. she
1: well of and course, and, and then she paying, has great guilt about that. The yeah. generational wealth that she
2: has in her does she? Because because at, at some well, point she's then she uses. Well, and then at one point she uses the blood money the literal blood money to pay off Kara which is so insidious later on in the show but then um, just one thing about the houses I was just trying to say is um, it is kind of a cool little visual uh, thing that it it, that it sneeps into this show as as Mm -hmm. you see a lot of distortions and reflections of course on the house Mm -hmm. but what's also really great about it is that it is kind of a weird thematic thing I saw Benny talking about this and I was like oh that's cool is that it's like this kind of you know her presence in these neighborhoods is she's trying to be invisible. You know she's trying mm-hmm. to have an invisible presence oh, in these neighborhoods, you know. and of course the houses evoke that invisibility. But that's not the case at all, mm-hmm. right? So anyway, that's we yeah. should move on. But well, just <sighs> the, well, real quick,
3: we talk about the visual thing with the house too. Just the brilliant titles. Of course, this show's got to have great titles yes. too, sure. right? it's yes. like a like five second sting that's just kind of just sound like atmospheric uh, electronic sounds and then the way that it's always... Filtered like it looks like all of a sudden it goes to that distorted house funhouse mirror. Kind mm-hmm. of thing, yeah, which is the houses. Yeah, and then it gets cut it's out. It's like and titles. it's like what's it's inside. Brilliant.
4: It's like a Twilight Zone episode where like the when they have to put on the masks at midnight and they take off the masks and their faces reveal what's actually inside right. of them. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it reminds me of every time totally. you see her face distorted. Yeah, it's like right? distorted. that that's great her.
3: shot of him putting on makeup too. Nathan oh, yeah. putting on makeup. <laughs> Nobody yes. has a better like blank elephant man.
2: Nobody has a better blank expression in the makeup chair than Nathan Fielder does because he's been doing it now for like seven years. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's move on to Nathan. Speaking of Nathan. Yeah. Let's talk about Asher. Perfect name. God, that name is so dialed in, dude. (laughs) Fuck. So Asher, um, just something I want to talk about with him. Obviously, I think, you know, uh, we were talking about the aggression and how he has this very dark anger deep within him. Obviously, it's hinted at throughout the whole show, like Dougie talks about how he bullied him at camp that one time, and, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously the micropenis and, like, all these sort of things that this character is saddled with that sort of, you know, goes into humiliation and shame that's underneath the surface. But one thing is, like, too, which is, I think, (laughs) so real about his character... Is, you know, you have Whitney, the one who's on top of the power dynamic in their relationship. You know, Whitney is running the show. But then you have that very archetypal millennial male placator, you know, which is some that's a character <laughs> you do not see uh, that is so true and authentic to just things yeah. I've seen in my life of somebody who is willing to um, essentially try and constantly placate. And even more, like obviously mm-hmm. when you know in turn when you do that, you even lose more of your own self-respect. Mm-hmm. and so it's, the, it's it's just seeing that characterization is so well dialed in. And then of course, they also give that character this explosive anger side, which you do see right in the first episode actually, mm-hmm. you see of course when they' you know the, the person from the local news is interviewing them about what they're doing in the town. and then when the, you know the the newscaster person keeps pressing on about Whitney's family, you know, he's like, you know, we're not going to talk about that. Are you looking at me? Excuse me. And then you see, yeah, he's like
4: overcompensating for his pathetic nature.
2: Overcompensating. Mm -hmm. And you know, and Rami, you said this um, to me (laughs) when we were watching this recently and I couldn't get it out of my head. That scene and also the scene of Nathan or Asher, when he's yelling at the people who are going to not buy the house because they wanted to install an air oh, conditioner. Right. And he's like, you will not talk to my wife that way or whatever <laughs> right. he says. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Will Smith slap.
4: Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking.
2: It yeah. really is because
4: <laughs> like, something your motherfucking mouth. Yeah. Well, but, that mm, made so many yeah. people uncomfortable because it was like, what is the dynamic What's here that you dynamic, would feel you need to prove this to this person what is and that it doesn't
1: di- look exactly like heroic no heroic? <laughs> no it actually mm. just shows like um, pathetic man know, like a, yeah some kind of yeah. pathologies going it, on here like uh it's i, I don't know what the he's they're expecting like the, to seem chivalrous or something like that you know
4: and to like seem to match her power i think to like I think to that masculinity and kind of having that, like, because um, he he's kind of a meek, ineffectual. Character, yeah, and I think in those moments he's trying to rise and be the man that he yeah, thinks think she wants her to true. be. Yeah, I think it's true.
1: I think it is more mannered than just becoming like a fitful, yeah, outburst. Like oh, you yeah. know, like it's not just like it's both this. It's like partly he's you know diffusing himself, and mm-hmm. it just boil comes to a boiling point. But also he is trying to. It's performative, like yeah. so much mm-hmm. in the show is. He's like I'm standing up for my wife. I'm supposed exactly. to be doing this, and he he often gets mad in front of her, too. That's, yeah. that's Another thing that happens, and that's when it comes off the most um, sort of but, tone but, deaf for me.
2: But the sign you know. of the but the sign of the placating and she's is so it. is so yeah. she does, but it's so well articulated and one of the darkest things I've ever seen on television. In this okay. is seriously is the let's, scene let's when when she's in the bathroom and he's yelling at her through the bathroom after the news broadcast has aired about the casino, whatever's happening in the casino, and he's trying to defend himself that he's not, you know, that he was doing the right thing. And then cut to the next scene. We learn that he has tape recorded their argument and he's actually making notes based upon what he should do differently next time in order to better satisfy her. That is darker than almost anything that I can think of.
4: Yeah, to even come up with that idea, like <sighs> of living in that prison yeah. of insecurity where you, you you're trapped mm-hmm. in trying to um be someone else for some you don't feel person. comfortable in your own skin yeah right. that's a good oh. way of putting it cause...
3: it feels like he's so he's so stuck on her it's related to his like yeah his micro penis and his like kink and stuff that she you know he's got this like a uh, cuckolded kink right too yeah. well, she's out right. of
1: kind of you know
3: yeah, yeah so she's but kind of okay with that stuff because
1: like keep their hooks on the out of the league girl
4: Mm, definitely
3: right but she's also kind of okay with him and she's they're committed to each other so he doesn't want to lose that he's so desperate to like not lose her he'll do whatever Mm. he's like i'll do whatever i want what you want he said that he actually says that line in the show and all of his actions you know show that and then i think it's like at some point that's a very um humiliating existence and you have to yes you know be in the and you know that like women need to want a man or whatever so i'm going to try to man up and i would take a bullet for you and then that's always met with further derision from her like he even gets you know she she goes way harder on him when he tries to man up in those moments yeah Yeah. Yeah. and
4: she puts him down even more oh yeah
2: and it's (laughs) hopeless it's such a (laughs) Such a just like, I can just see it, you know. It's such a this characterization of this dynamic, this power dynamic. Yeah. Is is really yeah. something I don't think I've seen in anything else yet. No, and is, it's
4: something that's so r- true and real. Like even in those is, fights, yeah. is this
1: millennial related too? Would you guys say I think I would it is? Say,
4: like I, I I, I've, male archetype. I've seen this dynamic yeah. a lot. Yeah, okay. where okay, it's man. like the man is suddenly, like you said, kind of the out of the league girl. She has all these values. She has these things that she's very strong about, and he's realizing like I have to kind of mm-hmm. almost conform to conform. what she. Yeah, and, and how do I, how can I be all these things at once? Cause it's not really who I am. Right. Like mm. I have to be authentic. I have to be, you know, not strong per se, but I also have to share her values. Yeah. And you're a lot of times it's, it's like they're dressing in these clothes that don't fit them <laughs> yeah. that have been kind of bought right. for the, like he's wearing there this song yeah. sweatshirt with the little hearts. And I'm like, Oh God,
1: you that is not something basically. <laughs> he would have it's, bought a constant. Um, yeah. Uh, you know you're constantly self uh, aware yeah. Of you know, like, uh, like you can't just be like flawed. Like I'm fucked up, and you're married to me, and that's that. You know. Yeah. No. I can't even imagine being in that. Because no. she's
4: up. trying to engineer him. Like you can imagine yep. when yep. they first met, what he dressed like. He was working, uh, uh, you know, for contracting for the casino. Right. He's probably just wearing like his you know dorky Nathan Fielder uh, yeah. you know Adidas sneakers with right. the khakis and you know, and then she comes in and is like, okay, this guy's gonna adore me. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Her mm-hmm. narcissism is being fed. Her. Right. Nar- Narcissistic supply right. is being fed right. by his adoration. So like yep. you were saying, Marcus, as much as she can't fucking stand him yeah. in so many ways, he's mm-hmm. fulfilling a need for her. Well, and, 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 and also, yeah.
2: and also, she, she just real quick, Marcus, she, she needs al- also to make sure that if she's going to be with Nathan, it's someone that she can mold, but also mold into something that's not going to be embarrassing for her publicly and that's going to fit yeah. with the mm-hmm. image that she wants to create. So... It's, well it's just a clone
1: you know, of her identity, basically. It's yeah. just like you yeah. know mm-hmm. it's but there's, there's there's no there's yeah. no singular identity that right. he has. It's not right. two yeah. different people right. meeting together. It's someone sculpted by her. Yes. Because mm-hmm. the power dynamic is rather extreme actually. Yeah, yeah it's
4: extreme. And but, in the fight, which is yeah. the first time we really see them fight, which is interesting, when he does really stand up for himself in that moment and and she then challenges him and kind of try to calls him a racist or something and and then he's like right. that's not fair oh. and like it it's mm-hmm. very real in that that's moment so when he's real. actually desperately trying to express himself and say like i have no voice like you're not letting me oh, have a voice right. this is not right. fair and, and it's like so real. i could
3: i could say some things that you said were not very right you know, yeah. well, it could have been misconstrued as racist
1: if i were to say that you yeah know? <laughs> and
4: it's all about policing like her yeah. thing can, is all about can, policing
1: what one little tiny thing uh just to exemplify all of this When she's like, let's do the green queen, and every green queen needs his dot, 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 and you would think it would be king. It's like court jester. They say, like, the green queen needs her court jester, and then he. You're waiting dot 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 for him to be like, hey, push back like, whoa. Nope. No, he goes like, hey, do, 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 I'm juggling <laughs> yep. yeah, like yeah, you yeah. Get the sushi, right. and I'm like, holy shit, this yep. guy's broken. Yeah. Because yeah, he's yeah. like, like oh. playing ball with like, I'll be your court jester. I'll be
4: the clown. Like, <sighs> it's, right. gro- it's truly
1: grotesque. And I'm not grotesque. saying this in the sense of like male ego. No. But just human being ego. Yeah. Being no degraded. Woman, no man should be uh, yeah. like gleefully like, I'm a joke. Yeah, and this right. speaks to what, what happens to him that?
4: at the end. I mean, it does. Th- this when you follow his whole trajectory f- through the show of his kind of like heart being broken in so mm-hmm. many ways by this person he adores, just humiliating him and degrading him, and then he has to make the choice because he knows he he thinks he can't live without her, and so he yeah, finally makes true. the choice to completely shed. Every sense of his own authenticity and become yeah. this fake, sort of, her, her wife, subsumed. body yeah. snatched version yep. of what she wants, and then yep. ultimately yep. it like destroys him you know, yep. ultimately destroys yep. him.
0: Yep.
2: wow. Um, all right, we should keep, keep <laughs> We've the got train. a Fun character, fun <laughs> <to laughs> show. To okay, I need to get this a drink. A, I'll be back. With yeah, this this is, fun, is killing me. This, this is, is so a fun depressing. comedy. Let's wrap okay, this up. so, <laughs> oh, all right, so then Dougie. Yeah, Dougie's a little breath of fresh air. He is. I'm he laughing is. already. He Just is. say he his is. name, I'm, Dougie <laughs> actually is the, the comedic. Rings. He he's dark and does some reprehensible things, of course, in the show. But there is a lot of comedic relief, at least, and I think that's probably one of the things for mainstream audiences to 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 grab onto with this character is the idea of a very. Sort of sad, pathetic, like you know, cheesy rock kind of archetype of a guy who's kind <laughs> fist of fist pumping. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, uh, Benny corn said it was ball. it was actually yeah. influenced by Johnny Depp, which I can really see. He was <laughs> yeah. watching Ring, these right. <laughs> He was watching like a the, wannabe. He was watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Uh, during the same time frame was going on when he was watching the HDTV and he noticed wow. that at one point like Johnny left the courtroom and like raised his hand or something and there were all these rings on it and he, and he sent that oh picture. Oh, I guess it must have been later on in the process. He sent that picture Whatever. to to the costume person and was like, whatever's going on on that <laughs> <Yeah>. hand <laughs> I need this for the character, and the, he said the, the leather hands, band yeah. watch and all the skull that
3: rings
1: and Guns and Roses t
3: shirt. Even outside of Johnny Depp, though, I feel like we've all met somebody like that looks like totally. a ducky, right? And it's you so know? outdated Deadhead too. Deadhead shirt, and Just, then like a. You know, yeah totally girls, uh yeah.
2: like kind of well, uh, what's that uh for like, like kind of a fred siegel uh like expensive uh, you uh know, but like trashier shirt. right yeah but yeah, yeah. Well, then sometimes they have like those kind like, of melrose yeah like to say melrose like, mm-hmm. like, like ten years ago melrose it is more yeah. like melrose head shop avenue to me, head shoppy yeah. yeah no but he has like, like he's kind so of a not designer. cool he has sort of like a designer right. version of a led zeppelin like like it, it's like a distressed you know, uh, he might aspire
4: to a John Varvatos. <laughs> I think that's well, what it I'm like, saying. It's a little bit
3: like online ceramics, which. Well, we can talk about later, which is that oh. Deadhead uh, t-shirt company. That oh, yeah, did yeah. But he's not as cool show, as that. By even. the way, I don't I but it is. There's a little bit
2: of that.
4: Because I feel like Whitney's going, she's more there. And then he's kind of this weird, outdated artifact that's sort way of... Way outdated. He looks and, like a buffoon. And, yeah.
2: and 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 obviously, Dougie, he's... His name. Dougie is an incredible name, too. <laughs> yeah. They dialed okay, that there, in perfectly, you know. too. And so it's like, <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, I'm sure that there are producers... Especially in reality TV, who are Dougie-esque, you know the idea of somebody who is kind of trapped in doing this kind of second-rate, shittier yeah. sort of uh, job, and they want to aspire to be something and and more than what they're doing. And I think he yeah. obviously exemplifies that perfectly because in the first episode, it's like he gets so disinterested in what they're making. It's it's just like <laughs> oh, this is so boring. Yeah. It's so boring. Yeah. And then con- that. and that's a perfect sort of arc for him to try and seep his influence in and what happens over the course of the whole show is pretty insidious because he is then now moving in to be the person that is driving the wedge in between uh asher and whitney you know he's manufacturing a lot of sleeping together Doug well Dean i
4: don't think so i don't, I don't, don't think, think so either
2: uh, i okay. don't okay. think so i but I, I think there's tension there and i think but he is the one that's really going in there i think fucking shit up and benny mm-hmm. sort of,
4: like a mephisto type like he's kind of behind the, pulling <clears throat> the strings yes right. yes and well, he's got uh, a history
3: situation. of bullying asher like you said too, all yeah. the way back to camp so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. point yeah.
1: where asher doesn't even call it bullying you know just joking around yeah
2: right? you guys just joking, joking around. around yeah he's just joking he's like
3: around. putting dating apps on his phone i you know, know he steals know. asher's See? phone Cook puts tinder fun. on it and like yeah, yeah. Well, he's even so, a different,
1: it's a different kind of brand and of he's phone. able to play it mm-hmm. off
3: as a joke and and
2: asher just sort of rolls with it yeah, yeah he, he he wants to to also make he, he if this is his meal ticket for whatever reason he's seeing this yeah. show that they're making right, that yes. it could, even says in the beginning it could be a breakout hit show and he thinks yeah. in order to do that right. you have well, to well he's at a
3: low point in his life too because his wife oh. the situation with his wife dying so he's like and no one talks to him anymore yes Dude, he's been like he's no friend he's been excised from yeah. sis, or they exercised all from
1: her him. friends he yes, yes. Yeah. He's
3: oh. been, and he's so lonely too he's in so looking. lonely oh. <laughs> you know? yeah. every yeah.
4: scene this is something else I noticed in the second viewing all the little moments where he tries to hang out with Asher yeah Unreal. and asher says oh, yeah. he's busy We're in the busy casino in. he's like hey man want to get a drink after work and right. he's like no i'm busy he's like oh, yeah, okay
1: cool. at right. least asher's married like like doug is right. very alone he doesn't know
0: right like that. yeah
3: but it's 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 so twisted though too because he wants to hang out with asher and be his friend but he's also secretly filming him secretly Destroying recording his him like he's sticking around new yeah. mexico longer secretly yeah to kind of work on this alternate cut or whatever he's doing, you know, he's twisting
4: the, the knife the whole time. But, and yeah, he's, he's like, he's, why
3: are you still here? Like in the epi- episode two or whatever, he's like, Oh, you're still around. He's like, uh, yeah, I got some stuff cooking, you know, yeah, right. but <laughs>
4: also cause he's lonely. Yeah. Like, mm, and he, he, too. he has nowhere to go. And yeah. Ash like, like person what person
1: looking for a friend.
4: Yeah, yes. he's like Ash like what are you doing in this he,
1: impossible landscape of manipulation.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Ducky just drives around and goes to these ridiculous shops and, and uh, cries in his bed like and drinks. And drinks with children because the guilt right. of killing his wife right. like is he can't Like he buys he's not stopping right. him.
1: from he's, drinking he's, you know, he's like he's buying put those put the, put the, rum in the coke in a coke
2: glass oh yeah yeah. and he's buying he's buying booze for like underage kids to like hang out with them Mm -hmm. too really 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 fucked up but real quick he's got a repellent aspect to his personality
3: well he's got just keeping everybody
2: away he's like
1: a 15 year old
4: definitely definitely yeah
3: yeah yeah right you don't want to yeah
2: okay so Benny uh, in talking about his own character uh, sort of calls him the the character exposer he's the guy that's you know, really as a function in the show going in and really trying to pry the, the reality, as we were saying, you know, Benny being influenced by HGTV, trying to find out what the reality is, or the truth, excuse me, in the reality. That's kind of Benny, that's Dougie's role in this show is to sort of find the truth within this phony facade of these people that we're seeing. Uh, even when yeah. the cameras are off, and let's not forget that Dougie is the one. I can't. I think it's episode six or seven where the tide really changes, and he's the one. I think it's episode six. He's pushing and pressuring Whitney to tell her own story. You know, when when yeah. remember he sure. perfectly manufactures a very shitty milk toast edit of the it show. It is a bad cut. A right. Intentional bad, like an unintentional bad cut. Yeah. That's that's lifeless, soulless. She Love picks that. up on it. It's a gra- literally and-
1: talking about paint
2: drying yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and they're able yeah. to <laughs>
3: communicate that that's what he's doing and that one look Tommy it and sent it over to him where he's just side eyeing her to watch it's her amazing. reaction he, and it's one like, eye like, looking yeah. over and you can tell well, that's what he's, he's doing pu- he's
1: pushing her like this is how boring this could be yeah,
0: yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. Br- it's
4: brilliant it but is. that's also what's <laughs> interesting uh benny safety said as well that he wanted to make the character look so ridiculous so that as an audience, you make assumptions yes. about him originally. And then it sort of tests the way that we assume like this. Yeah. This weird dumb Melrose dressed head shop guy. And then slowly it's like, he is the one turning the screws. He is so much more than really what he appears. Yeah, like. he's, not, he's sort he's of not brilliant. As at as he
1: looks. And mm-hmm. he's
4: brilliant at his job, like in terms of it, the manipulation that he's doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, as we said, he's the, he's the master manipulator of all of them. It's like, she's like, okay on a good day. Asher's bad. And, but Dougie's a, uh, a master manipulator.
2: He is. So, and Dougie
1: knows knows that when he has a he's pay, she has to yeah.
3: manipulate through money. You know, she has to pay the jeans. She's got to hire yeah. this guy. She's got to, right. she's throwing her money around to manipulate That's everybody. True. Yeah.
1: She's not yeah. very good uh, interpersonally manipulating. Uh, not like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, and obviously, just real quick, my favorite Dougie moment in the entire, uh, uh, season one fucking season is uh when he is uh i guess he's going out on a date with that girl and they and they're out and they have dinner and they drink and then he's in the car and he's like uh i'm over the limit right now so i'm going to pull over and it's so, <laughs> so we're, gonna
4: walk home. we're gonna walk
2: so dark oh my god but very funny and he's he is incredible at inhabiting this character it's a very oh my god it is Big just respect to
0: so, benny
1: safety as, as an actor yeah. oh yeah oh yeah. my god he did an incredible job very it's, impressed
4: he inhabits yeah. that person you're he does. like this is dougie this yeah. is not an actor and he says <laughs> um
2: he says to put a Halloween bow on costume. it. he Great says to, he says to put it, the bow on it as soon as those rings go on he yeah fully and a different person <laughs> oh my god. it's like can we yeah. talk just it's like
4: i know i mentioned this briefly but like when you see dougie after he calls um nathan on the speakerphone in the car and so oh, he's yeah. like oh do you want to hang out yeah and nathan's like oh we have a busy day we can't nice and then fair. it cuts to dougie and you're seeing him through the window in the oh, motel sure. room and yes. you see the shopping bags and he's just on the bed and just breaking down and i mean it's amazing it's <laughs> oh, like oh. The, the pain of that moment right. and, you know what it is you know. it's
1: the kind of it's the kind of grace note moment that doesn't work in like Magnolia, but it works
2: here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's what <laughs> oh, are it's, often trying to do. I know. We,
2: we have it's to get our totally one. Right. Magnolia reference in per episode. But the thing is, is that <laughs> um, too, about those shopping bags, I did also spot again, Benny, I've been watching a lot of his Q and A's. He did mention that somewhere that they shot a scene. It's a deleted scene. Hopefully we'll see yeah. it at Ooh, some point. Deleted there's, there's a deleted scene of him going to shopping and buying all those clothes and putting on those ridiculous clothes. And basically just for the purposes of seeing if the, the clerk that's helping him is just, a, is just essentially like, yeah, it looks great, man. Like he's just there for the self, right. the satisfaction, you know, right. and it's very dark and it sounds very funny, but. Uh, Anyway, I thought we could just kind of just, I just want to rapid fire some scenes here. Yeah. Um, just talking about episode one. It's so rich. I mean, um, talk about Dougie. I mean, right in the beginning, we're establishing this reality TV show that's being made, and of course, Dougie's first move is putting those fake tears on the woman's
0: face. God, this oh, older woman's that's into brutal! Like blowing something.
1: Yeah, blowing into her uh, eye. menthol
4: into her, her eyes to make her, oh. her eyes red. It's just yeah. mm-hmm. well, then it's it's interesting because in that moment you're seeing how Whitney is viewing that too. Yes. So it's like there's all the different levels of what we were talking yeah. about with like the exploitation. And right. she's aware that that's wrong. Like yeah, she doesn't think, Oh, that's right. okay. Because and she knows, only We're not those, knows, we're oh, not those go- people. We're not right. those people. And like, that's her constant thing. It's like, I'm the good white person. I'm the good liberal. Like I'm not one of And it's always distancing herself. Yes. And not implicating herself, even though she is. <laughs> and committing the same amount of harm, but just not as blatantly as Dougie's doing it. And Dougie's doing it in a more authentic way. Cause he's not, Really pretending.
1: It's like old school showbiz. It's just like this is oh. product.
4: But guess yeah. what?
2: For the marketplace. Guess mm-hmm. what though? When she's disgusted by Dougie and his tactics, you know, in those early episodes. But mm-hmm. guess what? As soon as she gets a whiff that Kara uh is sort of schmoozing yeah. with Dougie. And finds yeah. Dougie amusing, then she starts to find Dougie That's amusing true. and and sees him in a different light, which is what you need yeah. for her to make that turn halfway through where, you know, she's going to start turning on, on on Asher, which is like fucking crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, then. I thought
3: that scene with Kara, too, just to, real quick, is yeah. also to help us see that Kara isn't just a cold person, you know, like. That she can have a fun, like flirty relationship with somebody, yeah. just joking around and enjoy. She seems to actually enjoy Maybe. Dougie's company, but that's like compared to Whitney, who she's just always she kind of coldly. Like her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that gives us a moment to see Kara outside of Whitney's relationship um, yes. and understand that she's I still not don't
1: just trust like, anybody and I'm <laughs> sure Kara has her objectives. Yeah. You know? that circle right. like, because like she's flirting with dougie like of all people. dougie and she's like, like wow. an art chick like that's yeah
4: uh, she's a kind of a cool hip art yeah, that's chick pretty
1: it doesn't
2: go the, very the, far i don't think <laughs> but yeah
4: did we talk well, about the art show with the turkey he negs her okay. and says like uh she's ugly. she's ugly no
3: right, we didn't right, we didn't talk right. about right. her art he about smoking that's gross yeah oh yeah yeah
1: which is very cool like um match pickup artist
2: like right yeah yeah sure Um, Before we get into the episode two art show, obviously episode one, we didn't even talk about this yet. You know, which is insane is the curse. I mean, this is the, this is the, the, like we forgot to
4: talk about the curse. Well, it's,
2: it's kind of the MacGuffin in a, in a way of the series because um, again, and this is sort of Nathan's origin story uh, in terms of what he's bringing to the table. You know, the story goes when the first, when he first moved to America from Canada, he allegedly um, was uh, he was on his way to get a new cell phone or something and he didn't have any cash on him and uh, somebody asked him for money you know um, on the street he's like oh you know sorry I don't have any and you know and then the person was (laughs) like I curse you and uh, uh, put a curse on him and and then he went and he felt he kept thinking about it jammed his head and then he went to an ATM he got out you know some money and gave it to her and he was like you know and he's like wait is the curse lifted and she said yes it is and so the curse was lifted but when he told that to Benny Benny was like (laughs) well what if you didn't see her what if you didn't find her again you know and you're always and this this whole thing kind of fucks up your head and and that's mm-hmm. obviously what's happening here um throughout the whole series but um you know there's a lot more to it it is kind of the mcguffin because obviously all this stuff is yeah. not some weird i mean it's the name know, of voodoo. the show
1: but and yeah. actually well the but
3: Curtis then the a... final episode it's like you think it's the mcguffin the whole time kind of right? <laughs> like it
4: has, double, episode, it has multiple yeah. sure meanings like, you're right you
1: know <laughs> no he he says himself i am the curse yeah, he, the, he says I am curse. Yeah. I so don't knows. need
4: a curse like I am the bad person. Well, <laughs> the episode, but right, but right. also that's I think that speaks to the idea of like um sort of, sort of like these fables like the monkey's paw yeah. or like the Stephen King book like thinner Ooh. where there is like the parable about a curse or an object that then is a test for whether or not you're a moral and good person and if you pass that test you won't be cursed but if you don't pass that test you're fucked right and i those things always stuck in my head when i was a kid whenever i read those fables or like you're walking through the woods and an ugly troll comes up to you and says like fair princess may i have your help and if you if you reject the troll like whatever mm-hmm. but if you say i'll help you then it turns into a beautiful prince and then your dreams come true so it's it like it's this idea of testing the show is all about what does it mean to be good how do yeah. we test what's good what's yeah. our guilty conscience if telling we want
1: to jump to the very end i mean the, the knee-jerk reaction might be like well there's the curse playing out he's got reverse gravity and he's going to outer space but i thought about it and <clears throat> maybe that's the best fate for him and maybe it's not even a bad thing because i was also thinking it kind of reminded me of like the, uh, what's the word, um, the, the, the uh, Rhapsody. No, no, the rapture, the rapture. The rapture, yeah. <laughs> the rapture is <laughs> yep. this weird notion by Christians yep. where uh, all of us heathens are stuck here on earth, but all the righteous people start floating up into the sky to God. And <laughs> he I was also just has thinking, that
3: bloody stigmata thing happened to him earlier. Where yeah. Has like Jesus has got the nail on his With palm. With the girl in, the, in the yard, yeah. Wow. So what
1: I'm saying is it could be like he's the only righteous one and all these other people are earthbound, even I though they're pregnancy. I can see Dougie. that. No, and so what I'm saying is... is yeah. um. Because he does somewhat, he's trying in the last episode and he basically makes this huge offering and he truly does the thing we talked about earlier, he doesn't want to be hypocritical and have everything, have your eat yeah. needed too. Yeah. He's going like, here's a $40,000 house to virtual strangers, you need this house more than we need $40,000 yeah. and she's not so into that, but yeah. he really offers that with um, right. with a full heart, am I wrong? makes a good deal. Well,
4: I think it's something that's interesting when you when we cut to that moment in the last episode where we she's pregnant and we see them at Shabbat dinner and he's completely like I said almost done the body snatcher like Stepford Wives moment. It's almost like the moment in those horror movies where like the person's authentically themselves and then body snatchers, they're, they're a different. And it's really heartbreaking because you, you empathize with Asher Mm -hmm. in his struggle to be who he himself. And then all of a sudden he's then completely body snatched. And like, it reminded me because the show also does have supernatural influences and, and horror influences in the tone that they're, that yeah. it, it's it feels like a horror movie but it's a horror movie of like the soul yeah, it reminded yeah. me of Body Snatchers thematically as well where in that in the 70s version like you guys talked about it was about like the hipness of being this like San Francisco hippie and mm. everyone was kind of on the same trip and it was kind of this brainwashing thing that people were conforming to something that used to be counterculture which has yeah. kind of happened with like the wings yeah. of the world like yeah, something true. that was kind of yeah. ca- counterculture yeah. became homogenous mm-hmm and conformity and it kind of group snatched think. people's souls Grouping, yep, group and then he because he knew if he didn't give over to it he'd lose her and he said if i ever lose you like i'd be nothing and i'd float away and everything would be yeah, upside yeah he down. does say that and what so I'm he foreshadows is, that yeah. i
1: think maybe he i mean this is bullshit talk time like and i'll shut <laughs> yeah. up and we'll get back to wrapping yeah. up the show but just maybe he almost accidentally stumbles on a virtuous act that does have him ascending. yeah yeah because he hmm. went too far yeah. because yeah. he basically how can i put it he cashed the check that everyone's just writing and bounces like her like you know lip service like oh let's be nice to the people of color and he's like well why don't we do something really nice to these specific people of color yeah and change their lives for the better and walk away I yeah. see and that. it's not even mm. on it's not well, even on our show yeah, yeah. Right? and she's I kind of mind. like so, really so he might have stumbled by trying to be good in her kind of hive mind thinking he goes too far and actually transgresses into a place of actual kind, like like sacrifice. Like, and he pray. says you have to go to extremes. And then, and then yeah. God noticed it, yes, and then said, you're going to heaven and all these awful people are going to be stuck together. Right.
4: And they're cursed That's on Earth. Tom's
1: theory right now. I like it. Hmm.
3: Yeah. I don't know um, if I like it, actually. I mean, not I, not, I don't have anything I don't personally either. against it, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like I think like, the The reaction you can't just take it away from the reaction of Abshir receiving the house you know and he's like he's sort of like distrustful of them you know he's yeah. like well, when do i get the money or can you give me the? and sure. and asher was videotaping it showing like so i can real so you can relive this moment uh-huh. and he gave it to her as like a model yeah. house so she yeah. can always remember right it was still him sort of like yeah. That's I don't true. think he's. I don't think he's yeah. grown because um, I think he's still putting on the artifice of what too. Whitney wants. There was something that in the in the penultimate scene of or the penultimate episode, the final scene of the penultimate episode when he uh, Dougie shows him the Dougie cut of the film, and and makes Asher look like a total jerk, yeah, and right. Asher gets pissed and leaves, and then he immediately comes back in. And he's doing this clap thing and put it back in i I, there's something about that performance there i didn't quite believe that he was being sincere in that moment he was being asher again like telling her he's like i'm going to devote myself to you baby from here on out it's gonna be me and you you know yeah he's still being that guy and i think the house is sort of like that huge version of that gesture and it is just it Hmm. is a huge—it's—it's uh, all to glorify their relationship or whatever. I mean, um, it, it's in order to, to get her to stay with him that he did this
1: magnanimous the desperation, act.
4: Desperation. Yeah. I'm mm. just saying, that and
1: the, I, the material result whatever the whatever the um, inspiration is mm-hmm. did result in these people owning their own home, which would have not otherwise happened. And that's I have like, another
4: like, slight theory. <laughs> For what? Do you, do you Reason
2: though. Hope? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ray.
1: Well, yeah, that I have in one terms
4: too. Of another theory, just in terms of how. Um, like how it foreshadows when Dougie says, "Like, what would you do if you lost her?" Mm-hmm. or he basically said, "I would have nothing, and my world would mm-hmm. be turned upside down, and I'd go off in oblivion or something." No, to that, that's what effect. I was gonna say.
2: I was gonna tell you exactly. And I what think what
4: happens is with the pregnancy for so long, she's so. Uh, resistant to it because she doesn't want to be tied to this man and she doesn't want to be with this man and he's obsessed with owning her possessing Mm -hmm. her having a little him inside of her that he wants that so badly because it will tether them together yeah and i think that there's a moment that happens when she's pregnant and it's after shabbat and they're sitting there in bed and i think in her mind she makes the decision that she's going to let him go yeah and and i think in and a psychic guess
1: what happens the next morning
4: and then in a psychic way he's then released because mm-hmm. she's going to have something okay. else that creates that narcissistic thing for her, mm-hmm. and she doesn't baby need replaces him. Uh, it replaces him, mm-hmm. and she doesn't need him anymore. Yeah. And that then was, she, I
1: was also thinking, remember
4: that. the evil, creepy horror movie face on when she's after has the having the baby? Yeah, and she's in the hospital, and she's like, that's yeah. like a horror movie. That's well, like let's crazy. not
2: let's not forget that and this a is a horror
1: pregnancy. too. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> <bore>.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget that you know him floating up into the sky is intercut with the baby being born. I mean, there's obviously yeah. something that they're definitely saying with that. But I just Absolutely. wanted to fill in a little blank that yeah. what you were saying, Remy, because yeah. you were because in, in episode eight, just two episodes before the last one, the foreshadowing of this moment is I mean, these these episode eight, nine, and ten are really truly yeah. something. Um, But in 8, it's when Asher finally sits down for Dougie's camera, and he interviews him long form about his relationship with with Whitney. And he describes her having a connection with the universe, you know? So it's a little Mm -hmm. fun foreshadowing I picked up on the second watch. And Dougie was like, you know, what would life be like without her? Yeah, I don't know. Like in a crazy upside down world is yeah, how he so puts it. Say so that yeah, too, crazy yeah, you know, and it's like so that they, they definitely had ha ha fun with that, of course. Yeah. But um, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. But, but yeah, I mean, he
4: like sir, like I think Marcus. What you? I think what both of you guys. It's all a combination of I think these sure. things. It's like sure, it could he be. has surrendered himself, and he's gone so far. But no matter how far he goes, like she's like, yeah, she she doesn't want him and I, it, he's never going to live up to her.
2: I know. And I also noticed too real quick, and then we should move on to wrapping it up. But the, um, uh, uh, the scene that where she gets mad at, at Asher is of course, because he held the cell phone up to the pottery <laughs> in the, <laughs> yeah. in the little thing. Right. Yeah. But then I noticed in the last episode when he's doing the Shabbat prayer uh, with the challah and everything, she has her cell phone out right at that moment as well, too. Mm -hmm. And so she's been
4: performing Judaism this whole time. It's all about... She she excoriates people for appropriation and performative cultural consciousness whatever and she's doing the she didn't give a shit about being jewish she's just performing an identity because right. right. she's so devoid of having a cultural her identity.
2: own her own identity. her own yeah. and yeah.
4: meanwhile this guy's a jew and he has his own shit and he's a no- normal dude and let she's him be a, a fucking normal guy yeah you know um
0: <laughs>
3: uh, yeah i think the, the friend of mine had a fun theory too that um you know like he called me the day after the episode and was talking about this and um it, and I, which i think ties into the like the white guilt you know white privilege aspect of the show yeah is that like you know they're in this community they're trying to make these invisible homes you know and he sent me that online ceramics t-shirt that says it's called it's it's for this show and it says oh, cease to exist is wow. a huge tag on the back of the show and it says, um, that was a Charles invisible, Manson it says song. invisible homes. It right. is the Charles Manson song. Yes. Uh, the beach that the beach boys did. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's but, right. But uh, so uh, it says invisible homes, which is, and it says Hom- our homes are so efficient. It's like, you're not even here,
0: Ooh. you know? So
3: it's like, I think the way it could be, uh, you know, if you're trying to do good things for this community, what's the best thing you could do, except for just remove yourself. Get the from fuck it, out of you know? this community.
4: By, so it's
1: yeah, like the, the ultimate, ultimate gesture. Uh, yes. Ultimate, move. Uh, uh, Absolution.
4: Oh, that's white true. White that's bills. true. You know, it's, it's, earth. We don't need you to get your fucking business in our we land to, acknowledgements and our shit. We don't need that. We can just do want, this on our own. I just
2: like, want her movie. to be the one then that is floating away. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but, but can we? Also, he's just
2: doing what she wants. he thinks right. she wants. But the <laughs> house. Can we
4: talk about how the house? It's kind yeah. of poltergeist. Like that's another kind of yeah, horror. Where like the house seed it turns against demon seed. I love yeah. demon seed. I love that
3: they think that that's a rationale he thinks
1: like well it's the reverse pressure <laughs> you, know, it's you know like
0: can yeah. we discuss
1: the filmmaking of the final scene oh wow know, the, the, the gravity reverses just like that's so not well easy done to do and so i was well starting to th- i didn't think too much but i was getting a little distracted in the second viewing of like the mechanics of how they did it and, and his great physical acting so good. truly that is horror movie time Mm-hmm. yeah he's just clinging to that tree yeah you know i'm yeah. on the, i'm on the tree i'm on the tree and it's like or, or, or when um the guy uh says you know like just i'm gonna pull you out from the you know the carport or whatever <laughs> yeah and then that's the best the awning or whatever <laughs> <running. laughs> <laughs> like um some of the best horror imagery i've seen in a yeah. it yes. is
4: well it's Total. how the, and the house is turning against them and like yeah. it's all the things that they tried to construct and all that is like it like the same thing as the fun house mirror image at the house shows. It it's was. like suddenly all that like all that yeah. darkness is it's like they it's suffocating them and destroy Kind of destroyed that them. is something right.
2: that we would see in like a 70s, and we know how you know Benny yeah. loves his 70s films. That is something we would see in sort of like consumerist horror film, you know, from the 70s. Oh, totally now, oh, this demon modern seed. demon it's, seed, right? Like this, it's this very modern, demon
4: seed and the entity, and, and you're right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're all the, and, but Poltergeist was also a comment on developments Holy. and indigenous cultures yes. being oh. erased, and and yeah. and all of a sudden the house right. is fighting back, right. And the fucking graves are coming out, and that's why <laughs> that's so. <laughs> i don't know that yeah. ending was amazing okay you
3: know, we, we talked about the you know asher floating off into space and uh and whitney giving birth but i think my favorite ending moment was seeing dougie break down and cry oh, there no, agreed. Uh, inconsolable and like, is inconsolable oh, and then just like i mean that's what makes me accept that the curse is real whatever that little girl did yeah, you know she. That it is. There's some real magic curse, and he feels he realizes it at that moment. Maybe. feels responsible for it. Yeah, and that's why he's like breaking mm. down for his manipulation. For he he started the he kicked started the curse in motion. Yeah, by making him go talk to her, by trying yeah. to uh, manipulate Asher right. all along. That's true, he's caused this snowballing of events and realizes that, and Laker he's finally says, taking responsibility see. for his. You know, he he he's he, he killed his wife basically in a car yeah. crash. But yeah. we never we always see him several times not owning up to it. Like, hey, uh, yeah. so I the, I killed my wife the first right. time I ever. I was right. so right. buying the wheel. Over you know, was my fault. Whatever. You know? right. right. And it's like so this is him doing it again. Right. You know, with yeah. his know. reckless behavior. He right. so much Causing harm. somebody else to die. Yeah. And right. So both
1: debts are hitting him right there on the ground. Yeah. Ooh, hitting well, him right the there,
3: end. and he's so he's breaking down, crying, and then the next time we see him. He's talking to someone being like, yeah, my friend just floated off into space. He's like, he's <laughs> using that narrative story. He's already
0: yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, he's already back. There, there is something.
2: It just something, took him a minute to, to be uh, a human being. Oh, yeah, yeah, there there is something about that moment and just the way it's edited and what's going on. And it. it there is like a kind of dreamlike, uh, just art of, just feels like the artifice to it. Like I don't want to compare it necessarily to the like the ending of The Sopranos, but you know how the ending of The Sopranos feels so off, you know? Like there's something that dream Like a yeah. dreamlike, you mean? Like- dreamlike and off, not just to the fact that there's a guy floating into outer space, okay? <laughs> but just the idea of the cutting I know what you mean. Uh, of what's happening um, in that moment and especially with Dougie and just like how yeah. rapid pace it is because that show is... That show has never had that pace or or that sort of um, you know a- amount of action in it. So it's very jarring right. to mm-hmm. see these characters in a, in a moment sort of like that shame. the whole last episode
3: yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, as soon as it starts with Rachel Ray I am like, I was like as soon oh. as that kicked in I was like we're not Whoa. seeing any of these <laughs> speaking <laughs> no, of other fans tied up yeah, I didn't, didn't know where it was going to go but I immediately knew we yeah. were not going yeah. to see those yeah. things yeah. come
2: right right right. and again <laughs> talk about subverting expectations of the audience we're going to open with exactly. a fucking 10 minutes of Rachel Ray and, and fucking big pussy you know? it's very
4: um, <laughs> David Lynch the, like the return it's it very Twin Peaks the return it is I was, where which dad is, never gives you what you want but totally. then it hits your yeah spot. which is
3: also I think totally. like Lynch was using that form to talk about narrative television too yes, like you're definitely. expecting Cooper to come back right away and then they don't even yeah. bring him back for like 20 episodes he or then something.
4: says like there are no heroes basically like about Cooper right. like Cooper like is our hero mm-hmm. like in our consciousness and like it takes that away from you and, and takes away the comforts of like yeah, what TV yeah. does to us yeah okay, a yeah, yeah. co- place of comfort for, you know.
3: And there's there's a lot of like red herring set up in this show, a lot of like questions like you know, like the the guy there's Fernando with the gun. You know, you <laughs> think that situation's gonna come to a head, you know. Yeah. There's the the mystery of who left the chicken on the, the penny and the chicken. You know? Oh, can we and talk there's, about there's that? There's the chick the, the lady who's like uh who uh who her hair like falls out while she's talking to Whitney and she looks all kind of like <laughs> Okay suspicious There's there's crew members walking around in Abshear's house. There's all of these yeah. uh mysteries like left on the table, you know, that were setting you up to think that something was gonna happen. And then the you know, just whatever. We know it was completely right turn
2: okay hold on we have to just because you brought us there it's a perfect segue then we should we should
1: probably wrap it up after
2: that we will but it's a perfect segue uh to just talk lynch um you're talking david lynch and now we're talking about this amazing (laughs) scene in episode six which is the the the, fire station scene here where somebody's left the chicken uh (laughs) by the More chicken by the <laughs> someone's left the chicken by the uh gross. sink in the bathroom that's yeah, gross <laughs> man but that's such a fire walk bathroom with chicken. me moment right it's such a fire walk with me moment not only you know. just to have something like like a visual like Photo. that like you know there's like mm-hmm. there's like creamed corn you know and like the garmin like, mm-hmm. bozia the garmin bozia right. scene yeah, but like in this but you, also, but you also have the scene of reviewing it on the security cam yes which is also mm-hmm. very fire walk with me you know, like mm-hmm. David Bowie scene. Me,
1: it's a modern version of uh, Blow Up, you know, kind mm-hmm. of. Like the Antonioni film. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was thinking that too. Like, <sighs> who's getting lost in like mm, like in studying the mystery. something and looking for something, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the guy's like, what exactly are you looking for chief you know the guy who's operating the. uh, so crazy it's funny because
3: it's what we're doing watching the show
2: too yeah looking for something meaningful you know totally totally
4: and it's all like psychic torture is really what it is okay
2: (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna come in here as this to steer the ship here i just want to can we just rapid fire just really quickly just a couple of moments that just deserve a quick shout out and then wrap it up for it okay uh Episode three has um, again, like I guess, the real MacGuffin is the taking the chicken out of the penne, which is insane. But really, one of the best acting scenes, and also just a great, just the mode of writing, a great moment of writing in this show, is um, the sort of penulti- the, the the big moment in episode three, which is them recreating taking her turtleneck off her tight shirt yes. off mm-hmm.
1: did i not text you about that like yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah.
2: like it's it's really stunning it's stunning it says everything it says everything you need to know it says everything yeah, you need yeah. to know about we, what we've been saying this idea exactly. of trying to manufacture their relationship to the mm-hmm. outside world um and not living in the moment and just all it, it's incredible and the fact that then again right at the, right at the at the peak of it they turn over and the cell phone is still recording great 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 thing um, mm-hmm. we didn't talk about this episode 4 tom and i have said this a hundred mm. times to each oh, other and right, of course. texted <laughs> and you know we we were walking around my house saying this to each other yeah <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> that one punched me
1: in the stomach man. oh my <laughs>
4: god that was that's hard one of the great that's, moments was, of television because
1: yeah. i knew well okay if you'll indulge me so it's like it, it, it filmmaking is genius here because the camera is fixed on him as the the five people deep preceding him mm-hmm. unseen are doing a thing like, like like a hot potato or whatever doing something stupid or it's like all righty then you know they're doing these things <laughs> And, the, and you're just and he's just staring and his and again it's that like you you see the clock work yeah. in their mind yeah you know and you just see him like oh my god come up with something come up with something almost having a panic attack like oh my god that's the next guy before me and just he goes like ew, ew. and it's so unsettling everything is brilliant because the instructor just goes okay <laughs> you know like, like a, there's a brief, oh. like civil pause like that oh. happened oh. of course no one laughs but Nathan's Nathan goes oh, from yeah. going, Ew, grotesque face to I he thinks he might have nailed it. Yep. You know, and oh. he, he kinda like goes in <laughs> for like two seconds. And he goes and then he immediately reads the room and is like, mm. and just <laughs> like that went worse than I thought it would. <laughs> Hundred percent brilliant. I so mean, I, I wonder how mean, many
3: how many different versions of that they had to do until they landed point. on. That's well, what I was yeah, going to say. Was.
1: Like, like how many options did he give them? You know, <laughs> yeah.
2: You want one more Dude. with more u to u? Like, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like oh, let's incorporate ears now. Like,
1: because <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm yeah. saying is it's like you have this, this the the this suspense as a viewer of knowing well he's going to fuck this up like yes. this is going to go very very badly. <laughs> You know because you just know the character and you see him dreading being the next person <laughs> and you just, but but you didn't know exactly how it would go yeah. and it was better than i could have ever dreamed dude no that's what i'm saying it's not yeah it's, i swear i got i love this it's like it's not based on a thing so it's like unrelatable it's like i'm being a weird cowboy <laughs> yeah, what are you doing Bish or something what is this you know, it's like it doesn't have any kind of. There's no context, any, or yeah, there's gif? no context in like a classic comedy bit, nope. or like an like something. I'm, like, I'm okay. a big. Or he didn't go like, wah, baby wants a, right. you know, No, like like like. There's just like it's just a sound and like ear <laughs> movement.
2: Okay, oh, this uh-huh. yes, it's the best thing ever. And real quick, me. this needs to be said. This needs to be said because say it, at, at at first glance, it's easy to say that Emma Stone is overshadowing, you know, Nathan uh, from a performance Standpoint, but no, dude. On the second watch, I know. Big respect for Nathan, man, especially (laughs) in in the last episode, you to you moment, but also um, in in that end of episode nine, his his big moment where he's like, you know, has his big dramatic moment after watching the cut. I mean, dude, he's killing it. I mean, it's it's so because he was getting criticized in the in the press in the beginning for being very flat (laughs) and you know, flat white.
4: Said that. Yeah, or and it's like
2: light the light. fielder, but the fielder method really works, I guess. <laughs> the, fielder <laughs> the
1: fielder method. method. No, but he really um, is killing it in this show. Um, no, but he held his own, especially yeah, those, yeah. those important final episodes. Yeah. You to you, and, right. But also the physical, the, the physical comedy or the physical, yeah, acting genius of the being upside down. You
4: totally buy it. Oh, like, it's like yeah, Buster you know It's Keaton. so preposterous. That's not easy.
1: No, yeah. so good, mm-hmm. so, so good. good. Pan- the panic that uh, he exudes when she's chainsawing him Oh
4: no, yeah you like, don't, no, don't understand.
1: don't do that do that. Yeah and yeah I, I was I was like i felt that i was like because mm-hmm. i was thinking would there be a circumstance in my horrible life i was thinking that <laughs> too what i would be pleading like yeah, that, <laughs> that way.
2: it's so terrifying i did think no, about that you too. you don't understand and, not, don't yeah. don't do and that. not being able to articulate yeah. and not being able to articulate why why they should stop don't properly understand, lady there's a yeah.
1: metaphysical
2: yeah. like mm-hmm. like anomaly oh.
1: in physics that's happening just to me like like and she's
2: like oh okay oh right okay and i love stop his changing. little weird like uh, like uh, eccentric esoteric isms that he just like there's a, that one scene um, where she's like in a really pissy mood because uh, uh, because he wants to sell the house to like the the kind of tr- militia guy the militia guy oh. and then he like walks up to her and he's like my hands are dry <laughs> and then he's like yeah. a What'd little extra bad? there care to share and he like yeah, has
1: like row, just some, row <laughs> row row your boat <laughs> yeah it's like oh when she's doing like a, a workout yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, that's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So She's good. being nice to him, yeah. but then she gets cold as ice. Yeah. yeah. Remember that yeah. transition where she's faking yeah. the funk because she knows this is all so dark. This is unbelievable the show. The network wants a happy couple, so she's like playing with like dessert with him yeah and then the next scene he's like thinking that they're like in good shape and he's like yeah. we're
4: your boat yeah and she's like
1: wow, what do you want she's like i hate when you stare at me yeah. and it's like oh so dark dude, this is like so dark want to die it's
4: stuff. like relationship hell it is like nightmare. Hell.
1: the show is awful <laughs> fucking nightmare it's <laughs> the darkest shit ever <laughs> Oh my um, god!
4: i think the, the right? last thing yeah.
0: go
3: ahead well, well yeah, we we can't be the last thing because we have to mention i have to mention something well unless you're really going to talk about scenes but there's something about the filmmaking it needs to be addressed too, even if it's just briefly. Let I me do one because, more scene, and okay. then we'll get yeah. into,
2: we'll we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, last Bosing little f-
1: in on two hours.
2: I know, I know, <laughs> two, two fucking, fucking hours. hours. I know, I know.
4: I guess it deserved it. It
2: does deserve the, it. There's so much the, on the table here. It's so it hard. It's a lot. Ten hour show. But, yeah. Okay. Last last thing is, I just wanted to comment on because it's a very disturbing scene, and it um, speaks to Whitney's, uh, yeah, her fucking insane mind is is it the uh, golf course yes when she okay, uh, episode seven opens with her leaving the racist statue of the in, yeah of the native american chief on her doorstep um God. and uh and and as a as like a joke and it's so like that whole scene is so incredibly dark for me <sighs> yeah. because she wants the social currency of of Kara, not even just her yeah it doesn't matter if it's her art it doesn't matter if it's her being a no. credit on the show and it's going to cost $20,000 as i mentioned earlier of this fucking blood money and um oh it's so that whole scene is incredibly yeah, yeah, dark
4: terrifying
2: many many cuz it's news. it's
4: you're questioning too like is this is she fucking off her rocker like is it is she are you an, is she antagonizing kara is she manipulating her is she genuinely think this is going to impress her like it's almost confusing it's like threatening to, too it's kind of threatening yeah. yeah yeah and that image is so disturbing too just of that like racist Mm-mm. like yeah, yeah. thing. yeah
1: that, that that for a moment uh kara is just seeing at her doorstep yeah. thinking like this is
2: like, uh, like
1: a, a hate militia crime. or something yeah
4: like a, a
2: hate threat. crime yeah yeah, yeah. Right. and then right. and
4: then they're at the table, then she manipulates her into believing this sob story, even though it's partly true, to kind of win her affection Unreal. and then she has to buy her off. And-
1: But <laughs> as we said before, that scene ends with classic lingering take yep. of Kara's like miserable soul yep. scene on her yeah. face. Yep.
4: And <clears throat> trying to, and having to reckon with the fact that she gave like a piece of herself away. And that's like what her art, yep. you know, that that's whole right. performance yep. art was about. Like, like and here giving it is in practice,
1: and giving like hustling 20 grand out of this retardo um, girl. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) It's it's getting late. Give me a break. It's (laughs) getting late. We have. We will.
2: You're all good. All right. Let's do, uh, let's wrap it up here with just talking about the brilliant style uh, of the show. Again, yeah, uh, just, we mentioned it earlier, things, you know, you mostly see the shots of things shot through other objects and the foreground. A lot of foreground uh, mm-hmm. fun they have. Foreground fun they're having with this. Really um, like drawing
3: attention to the camera. You know, like yeah. it's, uh mm-hmm. shooting through a keyhole. It's yeah, like, that's it's crazy. The zoom oh. and you the pan the down keyhole. and shooting through a dirty car window. Yeah, driving alongside mm-hmm. of yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Emma Stone. I I thought it's it's really contributed a lot. Of, to the film formically to formally to like film language, I think to be just so blatantly use that kind of photography in a show. And when I, the first time through I watching it, I thought it was all like, this is, and maybe it is like Dougie's crew shooting stuff on the fly. And he's like, you have your drone and we see crew members walking through where they're not supposed to be sometimes. And so I thought it was like all going to be part of his like alternate cut, you know, but then, Watching some of Safdie's like, uh, you know, talking about it. He's like, oh, well, we just wanted you to feel the intrusion. You know, we wanted you to feel. So I wondered, like, Mm. maybe it doesn't even have like a plot element in the show. (laughs) And it purely is just a stylistic choice meant to evoke a
2: reaction. I think so. And the
4: voyeurism and um, Mm -hmm. leading to like that feeling of being unsettled and constantly being watched and analyzed. I
2: I love how it looks because it is, um, I guess what it really is, is pretty crazy, is that it's shot in HD. It's actually shot in HD and blown up to 4K is actually yeah. how they uh-huh. shot this show. Because um, mm. you have to deliver 4K, I think, in 2023 when you're delivering yeah, okay. a TV show. But right. it's they shot it on HD with older cameras. That's why you're getting a lot of the noise um, okay. in, in, in what they're doing, but it is an artificial digital noise, which I think is awesome. Mm. You know, yeah. and it, it looks so good. Probably, yeah. And um, yeah, shout out to the music. Yeah, shout oh, out to the music. Alice yeah. Coltrane.
4: Incredible. The fire
3: burns on. <laughs> the fire burns on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the, but no,
1: but the, but the score is yeah. just like such Great. cold, alienating music mm. that uh, that's a really bold choice. Yeah, like, it's amazing. I mean, there's times when it's just stabbing, harsh noise.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Do you know what he said about that? And that's such a big part of it. Like, yeah. you could never unsettling. separate that. It's like. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Do, do, do you know what he said about that I think I think I had this right but like he and Nathan were kind of sharing Benny and Nathan were sharing like you know, songs and ideas and things they could use for music in the in the mm-hmm. show and and I think it was like over HGTV footage they were like listening to some of that like crazy ass wow. whatever the fuck or something okay. like that and being yeah, like yeah. wow that really makes this like newly tiled bathroom seem really oh, scary <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> you know like
0: yeah. you know I love like, that you know it's like they they stumbled
1: on the, <laughs> yes. the the peanut butter and the chocolate yeah by just like yes. turning down the sound on H. that's incredible Well, yeah. because you know uh uh benny i guess and his brother hadn't have an ear for um yeah kind of like harsh electronics because heaven knows what starts with yeah. um mm-hmm. uh t- like old tangerine dream like yeah. The yeah first two albums tangerine dream and i was i always had respect for them for that one you know sure like, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah deep cut. and, and,
2: and
4: it, the and uncut it, gem score is also very mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. synth it's the yeah. same Guy,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. right. and and, uh, um, and that's Alice Coltrane with all like the the, the creepy moody vocal, uh, female vocal, is, yeah. I think. yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that. that's
3: really uh, haunting. So it's yeah. yeah. great.
4: Yeah, it's amazing. So good. But the, but the, it's yeah, like a handful
3: you, of like pop songs in it are really great. Like the, the 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 Bob Dylan like demo tape, unreleased demo, Santa Fe. You know, oh, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's like barely broadcastable quality. You know, it's cool <laughs> to use that. Yeah, and of course, fly like an eagle too. Oh
2: right. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. When, when Stewart, Emma Stone Young Young is Hearts.
4: dancing, I mean, when Emma Stone is like singing in the car to that weird oh, pop song, like, I keep oh, dancing by myself, yeah. and it's like so disturbing. Like this really is what she disturbing. Listens to really by disturbing. Really, Nathan survival?
3: rapping. Uh, oh, whoa. dude
1: dude that's incredible that's no, incredible
0: no that's
4: the first time you really see him yes like his real character that's, like his that's real him self. as a kid totally like him and dougie yeah. as kids oh. being You're real 13
1: again in yeah. the mm-hmm. 90s mm-hmm.
4: and like that's him being real oh my that's the God. only time he's really and and happy time. yeah the only happy because he doesn't give a shit like how he comes off or what's like Well, they're writer. regressing too to, yeah
2: yeah all right, we got to end this. Wow, show. When he used to be happy, we got to end this happy. show. Um, yeah, no. totally. <laughs> yeah, Curse Yeah,
1: versus <is> Gray.
2: Hey, <laughs> we're, we are closing Check on two hours. I believe I've seen it after
1: listening to us ramble here about it.
2: <laughs> oh it, it is That's not the way to do.
1: It. That's not the way to do it, folks. I know. Don't, don't watch this. And watch, watch it first.
2: Yeah, it's it's oh. really truly. It's one, it. one of the most um, deep and rich and disturbing things I've seen in a very 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 long time. And I just hope that they um, I hope that Season (laughs) 2? Man, yeah, that'd be great But I I just hope something else Something else Do some more stuff together You guys are a great combo I mean, um, you know Act in each other's shit Direct shit It's so good Also shout out to the Zellner brothers To, you know, friends of mine Um, They directed a handful of the episodes of The Curse You guys did a great job Um, Just awesome shit, man Like, uh, you know Yeah just and use, this, use it
4: as like a learning tool. Like I think they should yes. go around to universities and communities yes. and screen this as a learning tool. <laughs> it
2: could it could really deprogram uh, our society. I, I, I
1: do hope it gradually becomes influential in, in a Me few too. different ways. I Me
4: agree.
2: too. Me
4: too. Just for like self reflection a little bit, like just yeah. to kind of step back for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta, and honesty too. I
3: think like uh, wait, it not only like uh, analyzing like how uh, what we're going through, but like for these guys as filmmakers too. Are confronting their history of yeah. manipulating people, right? And right, and you know, and how the and mo- how do you move forward from that? Well, the, you know, I, I think yeah. that's a and by still being honest and true to yourself and not like putting forward like an artifice. Of well, what's how really much? Happened, you know,
2: how much in the show is the is the idea of self deprecating? You know, mentioned as well too. You know, so maybe that's a little mm-hmm. peek into that as well. Um, all right, well, let's. That is our, I guess, two fucking hours Ooh, on uh, two hours. the clock. One fucking season on uh, The Curse. It was almost two hours. It was. Well, we've been recording this so far for two hours. I know we got to pass out. Real quick, Tom. Okay. um, We're going to wrap this up. Just tell the good people before we (laughs) sign off. What is happening next week for your birthday episode? Be brief. Thanks, go.
1: Okay, it's my birthday episode, I made a decision, I'm doing, it uh, It came from Hollywood, 1982 film, it's a compilation of quote-unquote bad movie scenes, and what I wanted to do, well, it was a huge hit when I was a kid, so I wanted to share that with you guys, mm. that I have an affection for it, but what I also wanted to do is open up a conversation about sort of the history of the quote-unquote bad movie, and talk about um, how it went from the, you know, the starting in the 70s into the mm. 80s, and now here we are. And uh, how a movie like this and this attitude that it represented in the early 80s got us towards like mystery science theater or just, you know, your average crazy midnight movie screening that still happens in, you know, in big cities. Sure. So it's basically just like, let's talk about like bad movies at a juncture where it was first coming into coalescence as a concept. Cool. In the early 80s. I so love be it. It's really
2: fun. So next week for Tom's birthday episode, we'll be doing one fucking hour back. The one hour clock returns. It'll be one fucking hour <laughs> on It Came Jesus From Hollywood. Christ. Is this available to see anywhere, Tom? I think it's just on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, it should be on YouTube. YouTube. Maybe Tubi. I'd give a check on Tubi on that one. Boobie to be <laughs> could be to be um okay wow. <laughs> so. all right everybody well thanks so much for hanging out with us for two fucking hours to talk about yeah. uh, this brilliant show we will see you um again next week for our regular scheduled programming i don't know if we're gonna have uh tom a
0: moment z- oh
2: i do zen okay you do okay mm-hmm. okay okay i guess we have i have a thought okay
4: you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. right. Maybe
2: that'll be our new moment. Is that uh, you to you? Ooh, um, I like that? Ooh, you to you. Okay, everybody. Well, have a good uh, rest <laughs> yeah. of your week, and we will Thanks catch you uh, next hey, week. Thank you. All right, everybody. To everybody
1: who's still watching this. Yeah. Oh, they will be.
2: <laughs> they will. God bless. All right. Uh, take care, everybody. You. See you later. Peace. Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs>
1: Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef.